everything in this show. 100%. Just incredible. So, uh, you know, uh, WandaVision, you know, One we were talking about it started to, like, it, uh, incorporate, like, horror factors into uh, the MCU, <laughs> finally. That's been long awaited. I'm so good. And speaking of which, horror, horror. 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 It's the horrorest of them all. Dick Skin no, Scott okay. Tar taking it away. <laughs> um, taking Dick, it away. Dick's is a bit of a whore. Yeah, we're going to start this off because I have actually two horror topics, but I'm going to start Wait, off real with... quick, real quick. What do you guys think is is worse? Uh, 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 the word whore or slut? Slut. Really? I think slut. whore is worse. Slut's got a sharpness to it. It's probably the S. But I don't know. But horror, horror, like, really horror, horror. It's like uh, you're pushing too much. No, no. But horror like, was whore. is used you're as a connotation for hooker. You know, it's used as another word for hooker. So at least they're getting paid, while slut's just doing it for free. You know, so that's why I'm like slut is just worse. Hmm. That's fair. But also, like slut has the alliteration with shaming that whore doesn't. That's true. Horror shape. Yeah, you know. But at the end of the day. Shaming, right? Two you, S's. You slut shame people. You but slut at, shame people. At the end I don't of the day, slut they're shame. Both, they're, at the end of the day, they're both words that need to be outlawed because they're very offensive to women. Okay, guys? Get it through your thick skulls. I agree. Unless unless they, they, they want to be called that. Which also, is. unless you're doing it. You're calling a woman that for the sole purpose of making her angry, then it's fine, you know. Wait, mm. <laughs> if you're trying to induce anger, then it's okay. But no, if, it's you, really but if you have you good know, intentions it, behind it, then it's yeah, not okay. Yeah, you call okay. them a slut, then they get like really angry, and it's like really funny to laugh at, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's an um, it, I'm gonna... that's an interesting take, Dixon. So we're so <laughs> I have compiled a list of my top five horror movie horror. monsters. <laughs> Horror. <laughs> horror movie monsters. His top and five whores. Starting with number five. <laughs> number five, Johnny Sins. Uh, Super whore for sure. Yeah. Defo yeah. a whore. Oh. Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier. You see how we slick Dixon about... is? You see how slick Dixon is where he, he avoided naming a woman? You see that? You see that? That's <laughs> yeah. some slick Jedi mind trick shit right there. Look at look at Dixon go. He's learning. This is his arc. We're 49 <laughs> episodes deep, and Dixon's this is my arc is... Arc. Yeah, he's redeeming arc. himself. I'm still going to look as, like, one of the biggest villains, but at least I'm redeeming myself. And yeah. then I'll die before I reach, like, full redemption. Um, <laughs> one day away. <laughs> one day away. We forgot about this. Callback. Yeah, congruency. Horror movie monsters. Yeah, we touched on it earlier when we were talking about villains, but let me make this clear. This isn't villains. This is horror movie monsters. Can so monster Michael Myers is not on this list because the Michael Myers from the original Halloween to me is not a monster. He's he's a man. He's an anchor man. He's no, not a he, myth. He's, he's a yeah. mental patient, and it shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael God. Myers doesn't make this list because he's shit. <laughs> he's a deep, goopy, fucking nerd loser. <laughs> That's going to be one of the defining legacies of our run with this podcast is oh, that we God. said it's... that Michael Myers is a geep goop fucking nerd loser. 
we broke ground on Michael Myers want, not being want, a legendary villain. I want Dave, Dave McCray is a YouTuber who focuses a lot on Halloween shit. So I want him to like listen to this podcast and just go off on you guys. Say say on say you guys. You, it was stuff. Craig. Craig is oh, the Craig. one that, that oh, said oh, it. Craig's, Craig's theory. It's me now, but earlier, oh, we we just we broke ground. We no, called him. No, this is a <laughs> no, now, no, no, Craig. Craig is Craig is performing a classic example of a whataboutism right now. That's not <laughs> you said this, but that but you have defined our legacy. <laughs> You've done this, and now we are tainted by it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's a anyways. Good bitch, we didn't do anything. <laughs> you Criteria. said this, and I helped you clean it up. <laughs> My criteria for horror movie monster here, uh, it's based off just their look, like the the look of the monster in general. Weird. Um, how effective the monster was in their movie or movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the scare factor of the monster, and just the the effect the monster has on horror movies in general. Does a monster have to be scary to be a monster, or to make your list of a monster? Uh, well, fear, fear is kind of subjective, so it can be like any movie. Somebody can be scared of a monster from any movie, but there's a monster on here that I'm not necessarily scared of, but you know, all right. Uh, we'll see five is Sully five on the list. No, Sully (laughs) number Sully. Yeah. Number five, Mike Wazowski. Great look. He's not scared. Great look. Not that effective, though, but he had a huge impact on horror movies going forward. Yeah. <laughs> Is monsters like a horror movie? Yes. Yes. That The scariest monster of them all was like the little one who wore pink and had, had pigtails, you know? For sure. Terrifying. Monster. For sure. Terrifying. Um, number five, Jason Voorhees. Now, now, I know what you're thinking. I said I wasn't including Michael because he was a man, which is why I'm only including Jason from part six through Freddy versus Jason. Because is that when no... he goes to Manhattan? Yes, yes, that is when he goes to Manhattan. <laughs> but that is Jason when he's like full zombie form Jason. Because, and he's number five on the list because he does have a huge impact on horror movies in general. He, when he gets unmasked, he's a fucking frightening looking motherfucker. Jason X makes the list. Yep, Jason X does make the list. I'm sorry, Craig. Craig, Craig, give me your take on this. What, 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 what is so funny? <laughs> Oh, these movies are terrible. They're terrible. The, movie. the movies are oh. terrible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But Jason oh. is a good monster. That's I'll, I'll give it to you. That's that, fair. Yeah. yeah. Awful movies. <laughs> but the biggest reason why Jason makes this list is just his the fact of his just raw strength. In in Jason Takes Manhattan, he punches a guy's head off. He punches a guy's Clean head off. off. Clean, Clean off. off. Yeah. Like into he, a dumpster, and in, then the dumpster closes. Fucking like you look, looks like you look at part seven. Jason doesn't have like a lot of raw strength kills in that, but he fucking takes so much damage. He's lit on fire. He's picked up by an electrical cord and strangled, dropped down through like two floors. I was and he thinking gets this. Back up. I was thinking this, Dixon. The way that we did there's a side note, but the way we did Halloween for Halloween last year, we should do Friday the thirteenth this year. Like Oh, you're gonna 
for this one, we actually have to drink for it because these these are worse movies than Halloween. But, God. Uh, no, I I've heard, but I'm like I just want to. I think it'd be fun. Like we could just go oh, through it's gonna it be awesome. and it'll like be awesome. yeah. and like yeah. shit on because that was what I really enjoyed about Halloween was that after Shitting a certain point, like after a certain point, which is like halfway through two, it just became a thing of like. I'm just gonna Why? like everything is just getting shit on here. He he walked through glass. <laughs> like he has glass powers. <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah. Yeah, we gotta he, do Friday. We should do Friday the Thirteenth this year and just get fucking oh, we pissed drunk and wash oh, through yes. it. Wash through he it. He has the sleeping bag kill. That's he has amazing sleeping bag kill right there. Punches a guy's head off. He folds a cop in half. Yeah, he folds him in half with just a straight. He wait, wait, which way? Which way? Uh, hit he the back vertically, yeah, his, like a brochure. His, his shoulders like, and his legs. Uh. His back and his legs meet like he 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 his like I, I don't know how to ex- describe it, but it's inwards on the back. Um, yeah, <laughs> inwards on the back. Inwards yeah. on the back. And he fucking <laughs> he rips he rips Freddy's arm off. He rips Freddy's arm off in Freddy versus Jason. Like he. Jason's a strong motherfucker. Jason's when, a know, bad motherfucker. Can he walk through glass? Uh, no. He can walk through wooden doors, but he can't walk through glass. But Michael, Isn't but Michael, I thought in, in Halloween one is like explicitly stated to like he's not a man. He he is. He's evil incarnate. Like, like no, I know. Speech. That's what I'm saying. Does, it's a does that count? Speech, figure it's speech. just. A, but he's still that, just a man. Yeah, like he, he can't with yeah. very poor with very poor vision. <laughs> he's a, like Craig said. He's he's a mental patient. His hand eye hand his hand eye is not great. He's, no, it's because he, yeah. he put it's because he put fabric inside his mask to block out his eyes, so he can't see that well. Yeah, it's fucking idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jason's number five. So Jason makes our head. Yes, number four, the shark from Jaws. Wait. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, yeah, fair. That's lit. Yeah, but that's a <laughs> that's a big jump. shark. That is a big jump. No, but it, no, no. I'm saying like that's funny because it's like the shark from Jaws, like unnamed. It's a shark. Yeah. We oh, don't know if it's no, the, we, it's, we it's kind of infer it's the same. No, I know. I no no <laughs> I know, but it's like the unnamed like shark from Jaws. But like yeah, we all yeah. know. But it's like you have like Jason Voorhees, a personality incarnate, and then you got. The shark from Jaws, but he yeah. The shark from Jaws is a fucking beast. So a funny a funny fact that I I just learned now is because the shark didn't have a name. Everybody who worked on set just called the shark Bruce. And can you think of another shark named Bruce? Shark Tales. Shark Tales. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Such a forgettable movie, you know. Oh All these God. names just slipped me by. <laughs> not, not, not acknowledging it. Craig's retarded. But no, but, Craig's actually uh, Jaws, fucking stupid. The shark, the shark from Jaws. Craig's actually a silly boy. The the way they wrote the shark from Jaws is scary as shit. The reveal of the shark, the size of the shark, like it's 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 very like yeah. it's obvious that yeah. the, that it. Bruce would make this list. Like, there's not yeah. much I need to say. Does the piranhas make it from Piranha? No, because the piranhas weren't even the selling point of the movie. It was it was the tits. The tits. So so yeah. does or does bras make the list? Bras might make the list <laughs> if Jason if Jason's on there. <laughs> no, 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 let me just get this out of the way. Number one is the shark from Sharknado. 
oh, the one wow. shark at the middle yeah. of the Sharknado. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> the eye of the Sharknado. God, remember yeah. Sharknado. What a crazy fucking... Jesus yeah. Christ. What a bold, um, what a bold number movie. Number three, Pennywise. I'll take Tim Curry or uh, what's his name? The the new one, we'll uh, Bill Skarsgård. Tim Curry's my my Pennywise. He is a much scarier Pennywise. The effects, the CG done to oh, Bill Skarsgård. The, <laughs> the, the the visual effects done to Bill Skarsgård are better. If you had those on Tim Curry, then yeah, Tim Curry's easily the best. But Tim Curry just had this creepy factor in his voice that Bill Skarsgård doesn't. He has, but it's not as good. Like, yeah. Tim Curry sounds like a sexual predator, while Skarsgård just sounds like a fucking scary clown. Someone who, you know? who, who has uh, uh, morals for consent. You know, as someone who who takes this issue very seriously, I really like the way that Tim Curry represented all of us sexual predators yeah. in, in uh, It from the 90s. Yeah, you um, felt like you were properly represented. But no, no, fuck. Pennywise just amazingly written just very scary the way he can take the the crazy thing about pennywise is even though we mostly see him as a clown he just takes on the form of fear uh to all the main characters of it and but of what just tim curry in general of the movie it no no yeah. no you get it I, I you get, get it. it you get yeah, it i get it I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. this list actually I revised this list like just before we started this podcast. Pennywise was originally number two, but I realized no, number two is number two. The mm. Xenomorph from Alien. Okay. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. Crazy, amazing movie. Great, great horror flick. The design of the Xenomorph is is great. The the acid blood, the the little mouth inside the big mouth, amazingly done, and just the way it creeps around the ship. Who came up with that shit? What if this creature had a second little mouth inside its actual? <laughs> yeah, mouth? right. <laughs> like, like, what if this creature doesn't like kill the people? Like, it doesn't bite them. Yeah, it gets this it little mouth a, to fucking shoot out and impale them. Yeah. I would hate that. And it and it lays eggs on their faces. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, fucking disgusting. Occasionally. Yeah, brilliant, the Xenomorph. Who's number one? I think I know what it number is. One. Before I go into number one, um, I, I'll talk about I'm why waiting for Dixon to, like, fuck this list at number one and put a man. And we're going to be like, but yeah. you just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's not uh, really a man. <laughs> uh, number one, uh, honorable mentions before that, uh, Godzilla, yeah. King Kong, and fuck, I just said one. Oh, Godzilla, King Kong, Loch Ness, Goblin, Ghoul. A zombie with no yeah. conscience? Question. Everybody knows. What do one of these what do all of these things well, have in common? They're not knows they didn't make your top five. Them. Yeah, they yeah. did not. No, it's because Godzilla from the reboots has become somewhat of a hero now. He's God always been Godzilla? From everything outside like the first movie, yeah. <laughs> oh well I guess fair. And yeah. then Kong as has always I think to me Kong has always been a hero. Simp piece of shit hey that's true <laughs> and then and then predator i'm going from the predator to me isn't necessarily a horror flick it's thrill the first one is thriller and then the rest are action but that's fair uh okay yeah I'd right. agree so with that. number one the best horror movie monster the thing from okay, the thing 
Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, have me worried. No, it's like this. It's it's all. It's basically untouched. Like this thing yeah. is fucking insane. The like here's the thing. I want to go into the design of it, but there's just so many designs of the thing. We don't know like the true form of the thing because it's a shape shifting alien. Yeah. And it's it's and it, it just oh my god, just amazing fear level put on from John Carpenter. John Carpenter at his best. Like big Halloween fan here. This is John Carpenter at his best. Insane uh, body horror. In yeah. yeah, like the, the and the thing just is the best horror movie monster. Mm. I agree with Dixon's list wholeheartedly. I back it. That is a that is a direct representation of what we all believe we all are in agreement. look at craig he's in agreement. i see him agreeing with his eyes yeah yeah <laughs> especially on that on that jason Voorhees part yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you love it yeah. when i when i think horror movie monsters i i think jason first <laughs> Especially part six and on. Yeah, especially <laughs> Jason X, you know, when especially he gets the brand, X. When he gets the brand new hockey mask. Yeah, Jason in space is by far the best Jason we've seen. Jason uh, fighting psychic Corey Feldman's. I no, that's before. shit. It's shit. That is shit. It's because that's human Jason. Jason dies in that movie. I'm talking about the Jason. Five? No, that's four. That's the four. Friday God, 13th Part Four. The, so quickly. The, the final <laughs> chapter. How is that? Corey Feldman wasn't psychic. He he played mind games. Man, four is the best one. No, I swear to God, he's a psychic in that movie. Isn't no, he? Part Seven is when they meet the psychic, and it's some chick. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's god awful. Like that's the thing. Like they go six. A lot of people think six is the best. Six is like number two to me because. It's like zombified Jason meets back with adult Tommy Jarvis, who was played by Corey Feldman in part four. But then, like, humans beat them. So, like, where do we go from Jason now since he's been beaten by humans? Let's put him up against a psychic. Yeah. Let's do it. That's, yes, yes. Not and then she, to go. Yeah, there's literally nowhere else to go. And then she'll use her psychic powers to bring back her dead dad to defeat Jason. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Psychics don't oh. have the power of reincarnation. Well, they or do, do they? <laughs> Were you a psychic? I yeah. Know. Do you, do you oh. know? You know the intricacies of psychic power? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> wow. 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 Now, I, I don't know what to think. I don't. Oh, man, you put my mind into a bundle here. Shit. You, don't, you may not uh, know what to think, but I know what you are thinking. Wow. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Don't don't kill my dad and bring him back from the dead. I to won't take down. Jesus I won't because I understand how much of a threat I am. <laughs> oh God. Um, Mr. Segway Master Three Thousand. Where should we go from here? Godzilla and Kong didn't make your list. That was odd. I said, uh, yeah, like I said, because they're not necessarily villains. Speaking of Godzilla and Kong, <laughs> um. <laughs> I'll start this off by asking you two, who would win, Godzilla, Godzilla. or Kong? It's, it's, a, it's a slaughter. Godzilla yes. slaughters Kong. Uh, King Kong. Wrong. He's You're a wrong. giant ape that's, that, that beats Godzilla. Godzilla's no. an atomic bomb. 
He's a nuclear. He's a walking nuclear power he's plant. A walking nuclear arsenal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But versus this is an ape that, that, that kills with posable posable thumbs. But yeah, yes, and it's Godzilla not doesn't Harambe have posable thumbs. About. It's not even Harambe we're talking about. It's got it's King Kong. Like if yeah. it was Harambe, there'd be more of an argument here. But it's King Kong. Like, yeah, but King Kong has posable thumbs. King Kong gets beaten by humans on the regular. Yeah, mm. he gets beaten by a it's fucking a plane. Godzilla survived a nuclear bomb. That's how he was born. That's how he was fucking born. Mm. King Kong got shot by a propeller plane. And then fell off the Empire State Building. In the 88 film with Jeff Bridges, But that's a tall building. Has Godzilla fallen from the Empire Godzilla's State Building? bigger than that building. Yeah, Godzilla's the size of no, the no, no, building. No, 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 no. I said, has Godzilla <laughs> fallen... From yes, the from Empire State Building, King Ghidorah picked Godzilla into into out of the atmosphere and dropped him. You and see, King Kong and Godzilla just got back up. You see, you see yeah. people, you see what they do. They don't answer my questions. I just has he, he felt has he much great height. No, that that was not my question. <laughs> my question was: It's a yes or no. Has Godzilla <laughs> fallen? From the Empire State Building. No. Mm. So we, we don't know move. how he would fare in those circumstances. By the way, I'm completely bullshitting. King Kong yeah. does not stand a chance against Godzilla. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Because Warner Brothers is making this movie, and they're going to pander to Western audiences and give him a chance. Yeah. Um, they had, they had so. to scale this man up near triple the size yeah. of regular King Kong. Just Kong so he's Skull Island, they're like, oh, he's an adolescent, so he can grow into the size of Godzilla. And yeah. it's like, come on, guys, what are we doing here? I've um, never this So, part. Godzilla vs. Kong is coming out this year. And like we said, Boo. 99, 99.999 repeating percent of the time, Godzilla's winning this match. Except for this movie. Kong is winning this. It's you think? It's a tie. Yeah, I, 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 Kong is winning this movie. Uh, and I'll first talk about why Godzilla is losing. It's because throughout the 2014 and 2017 Godzilla movies, Godzilla's a pussy. He's a giant fucking pussy who can't win a fight without the help of human beings. Like, honestly. It took the distraction of a nuclear bomb for Godzilla to beat the Mutos. And it took... The distraction of a little child for Godzilla to have enough time to build up enough energy to do his nuclear blast. Mm -hmm. He can't win without the help of the humans. But in this movie, it looks like he's against the humans. So he's clearly going to no. lose. No one's winning. They're going well, uh, not even not even the fans. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get to that later. But also the reason why Kong is going to win is because he's yet to be titled King Kong. And, you know... Like, he's just Kong right now. No. Godzilla's king of the monsters, Please. so Kong, Kong has to win. Kong's going to win because he needs to be, get his title of King Kong. If so, end of story. Could, I'll fucking slit my arteries. That's, that's the biggest <laughs> and only argument Kong supporters have, is that he needs to get the title of King Kong. Oh, I'd hate it so much. Yeah, but... Watch <clears throat> the trailer in, uh, in preparation for this discussion. Very out of character for me to watch yeah. the trailer. Oh my god, this thing looks like shit. Does it? Oh yeah. And can we drop the human subplots in these monster movies? Let, let me let me talk about that. Around 
since the beginning, and they've oh, always yeah. been dog shit. Well, the first King Kong subplot was good, like like the 1930s King Kong. Why? Well, where... Oh, you haven't seen it? The Watch 19... the 2005. It's the 19 the 2005 I'll... one yeah, is like shot for shot the same movie as the 1930s. But oh. imagine that movie in the 30s. Then I guess I have seen it. Then. Yeah. Um, but the 2014 Godzilla, I, it has its problems because of the humans, but what they were going for is, like I've said, the Jaws effect of not showing the monster immediately, building up to revealing the monster. And I get why is because Godzilla hasn't had a good looking model since like the eighties or the seventies, that 99 Godzilla movie starring Matthew Broderick, Godzilla looked like fucking ass. He looks like a T-Rex. He's shit. It's terrible. <laughs> I hate it. So I get yeah. why they're building that up. And then it, it worked for me because when he first unleashed his atomic breath in that movie, I completely forgot he had atomic breath. And when his tail started vamping up and he and he did that, I was like, oh, fuck, that's awesome. But the yeah. problem with it, the difference between Godzilla and Jaws is Jaws had good human characters. Godzilla yeah. does not. Yeah, they never do. They're always quite garbage, no, especially like it, Godzilla movies. Yeah, like they were shit. Like you had Aaron Taylor Johnson who plays just a soldier. A soldier. Elizabeth yeah. Olsen who just plays a nurse who has literally nothing in the movie. Um, and Ken Watanabe who plays who, whose he, only purpose whose only purpose <laughs> He plays a Japanese guy in the Godzilla yeah. movie. You his only him. purpose in the movie is to say let them fight. That's that's yeah. literally his only purpose. That's they insane. they had like Brian Cranston was the most intriguing character of that movie, and they killed him <laughs> off in the first ten him. minutes. They targeted the shit out of him, and then they murdered him instantly. <laughs> they they were like, it's I don't get it though. They're like, Godzilla. Brian Cranston's in it, so you should see it. It's like, yeah. shouldn't we just see it because it's a Godzilla movie? Yeah. They marketed the shit out of Brian Cranston, and then they're like, yeah, he's gone. It's Godzilla, but it's not. It's Aaron Taylor Johnson, and it's they got too distracted by. That. King of the Monsters, they focused more on monster fighting, which was great. The characters were... I don't like the characters, but they at least had more character to them, which was better. And now we have Godzilla vs. Kong, which hopefully is just a monster slugfest. It won't be. There'll Here's be my more, thing, though. There'll be more fighting. Because apparently, from the, from the sounds of the trailer, uh, Godzilla's species, because I guess he's part of a species now... Yeah, Kong species have been in like a race war. Yeah, and I'm for like, like why? all of time, and they're let like me, the last of their kind. Let me let me speak <laughs> on one part war. of the trailer. <laughs> let me speak on one part of the trailer, which was my favorite part of the trailer, and it's when we first see Godzilla in the trailer. Like Kong's on the airship, right? Swims and then God, through the whole ship. Then then yeah, Godzilla just swims through the whole ship, and then it it's like he breaks the ship. Then it's a cut to, like, the main female character of the movie. She's like, it's Godzilla. And I laughed my ass off when I saw that. Because we've gotten to a point in cinema where somebody can just say, it's Godzilla, and everybody's calm. They're like, ah, oh, fair, you know? That's God, right, it is Godzilla. She's right, God, guys. Ah, oh, shit, what a, what a perturbulence. A giant lizard with massive scales that breathes <laughs> fire. Breeds atomic breath. Yeah. I thought it was Mothra. <laughs> but that's the thing like I, I saw that and the first thing that came to my mind is like when you first start playing zombies of black ops one and jfk just stands up from the table is like zombies 
Let's get locked and loaded. And it's like, how are you so calm about this? It's fucking zombies. It's because he's how is he so calm about this. It's Godzilla. What do you mean? It's Godzilla. Like, what do you mean? No, you can't just say it's Godzilla. Like, it's an everyday occurrence. Could um, be. Apparently, Godzilla's yeah. not acting himself. Yeah. Like, they're going to fight, and then Godzilla's going to, like, fix himself, and then they'll team up to do something else. I'm going to go into spoilers oh, on this movie. This movie about sounds been... dog shit just from the way you yeah. guys are breaking it dog down. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to go into spoilers on what's kind of been confirmed without actually being confirmed from this movie. Uh, apparently a uh, leaked picture of the merchandise showed Mechagodzilla from this movie. So Mechagodzilla is going to be in the movie. Um, yay. So King Kong's not actually going to be fighting Godzilla. He's fighting Mechagodzilla. He doesn't look like a mech at all. That's the theory. The theory people are saying, oh, King Kong's not actually fighting Godzilla. He's fighting Mechagodzilla disguised as Godzilla. And I'm like, that sucks. Right? at all people are like people are like oh it's disguised he's using like this this skin this this skin to disguise it. himself as it so and i'm like i hate it because it's like it's very reach it's you're reaching like they're saying oh this is gonna be great then godzilla's gonna come and help kong and i'm like in what the world title is that movie, great the title of the movie is godzilla versus kong if kong doesn't fight godzilla then it's your ear the movie's already failed like, yeah. the title of the movie is implying that one of them will win. One of them, the there's trailer, only going to... The trailer says one will fall. Yeah, there's only <laughs> going to be, from the Empire State Building, there's only going to be one... It would, it, well, it would have to be Godzilla then, because King Kong's already taken that fall. So, and, uh, like, yeah. Exactly. Not. Another reason yeah. why King Kong's going to win. Um, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, it's... They're saying, oh, it's great. I think I'm like, Kong's formed the calluses required. To, to fall title, off the Empire State Building again, where yeah. Godzilla does not. <laughs> yeah. From the title, like, the title implies that these two are going to go fight fight each other, yeah. and there has to be yeah. a winner. But if yeah. Kong doesn't fight Godzilla, if he fights Mechagodzilla, then the title and the movie already fails. What is what is Mechagodzilla? It's a mechanical it's a, Godzilla. That's what I figured. It's like a, like a robotic Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. See, now that's, so, now see, now see, now that's shit. Like yeah. regardless like, of regardless of context and regardless of all oh, you didn't get what we were advertised that's shit it is just yeah. bad that'd be a horrible premise this is yeah. why this is why I'm going to get fucking mad now this is why I hate fucking people on social media that are like not creatives trying to like critique like creative plots because they always come up with shit it's always oh, yeah. not good it's never like oh you know what that would be a good premise no it's always just dumb it's like the fucking stupidest thing oh yeah we're gonna have godzilla versus kong and godzilla will lose but it was always the fucking robot it was never godzilla it was this giant ploy to fool who the audience that isn't part of their world like what the fuck yeah. is the purpose of that yeah. at all it's it's dog doo-doo it's it's literal doo-doo it's a fucking yeah. shit show it's bad yeah. that's bad whoever um, came up with that idea so, whoever came up with that idea uh uh die tomorrow just die yeah. die like like i have i you have no use for human life you are existing to exist you are not living 
in any form of way because you're clearly not thinking. Your conscience is clouded by all this fucking stupidity running around in circles where it's just like fucking, what's the next dumb idea? What's the next dumb idea? What's the next dumb idea? And you <laughs> landed at Mecha Godzilla is in disguise against That's fucking Godzilla. King Kong sized up three times to look credible. That's It's all yeah. shit. So... Yeah. Based on the information we're given, this God, is what I believe is the best possible outcome of this movie. The movie so Godzilla has already been made out to be like he comes out when the world needs correcting, when when the balance has shifted too much in favor of like monsters, of like there's like one superpower that's way too big to handle. So you know we got it Godzilla comes out to correct that. Steps on his turf. Honestly. <laughs> so the movie's gonna start with just Godzilla just wrecking Japan because he hasn't wrecked time Japan time. yet, which is honestly bullshit. He's gonna wreck Japan. Then people he's... are gonna be like, people are gonna be like, why is he doing this? I thought he was our friend. And then somebody's gonna be like, oh, we have to, we have to counterattack. And then America's gonna mention, it. oh, ape. <laughs> yeah, America's gonna say, what are we gonna do? Then somebody's gonna be like, King Kong. Monkey, let's let's get the monkey in here to fight this fucking lizard, you know. That's and then they're gonna be like, all right, let's get the monkey. They bring the monkey in. Godzilla and Kong have their first battle on the airship. Uh, Godzilla wins that. Yeah, you know? it's in the water. Yeah, yeah, Godzilla wins that. It's in the water. They have a second battle, preferably New York City, because Kong needs to go to New York City. This time, Kong wins that. Yeah. Then. Because and we're having because, a three like, stages of hell match right here. Yes, <laughs> yes. Kong wins that battle, but not because he like dummies Godzilla. Godzilla retreats, but Godzilla doesn't retreat because he's a pussy. He retreats because he's he's going to finish the task he set off to do and is correct the first thing that stepped on his turf. What is that thing? America has been developing Mecha Godzilla in japan because japan has the technology and america are a bunch of fucking cunts oh. Oh, fuck. and that's 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 what Jesus. we're gonna find out people like after that second battle kong wins they're gonna like oh we have to bring kong over to japan to finish this fight so he can protect us and then america's like yeah we'll do it and in the middle of it it's like and once kong beats him we're going to unleash Mecha Godzilla, And people are going to be like, but why would you do that? He's on a side. It's like, because we can't have these monsters wrecking our world. We're America. All right? We are the superpower here. We are the <laughs> only thing allowed. We are the strongest thing in this earth. You know, America. That is a better playing. question, to be fair, than who wins Godzilla or Kong. I think it's a better question to say Godzilla versus America. Like, honestly. Uh, versus Liberty. You know, that's yeah. a that's a tough yeah. battle. Yeah. The, Godzilla the versus, versus the Godzilla. Second Amendment. Yeah. That's, <laughs> who's that's who's more stubborn to not die? Probably the Second <laughs> Amendment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, America's the true villain because they developed Mecha Godzilla. And in the final battle between Kong and real Godzilla, Kong wins because he needs to be King Kong. He, and he doesn't kill Godzilla. He's just standing on top of Godzilla, foot on Godzilla's fucking neck, being like, no, you know, doing his, no. his Kong, you know, no. monkey, Paul, I just won. He's King Kong. And then Mecha Godzilla comes out 
and starts fucking up Kong. But Godzilla's still alive. So now Godzilla goes after Mechagodzilla. But then Mechagodzilla starts fucking up Godzilla. But then Kong is still alive. And now it's a two-on-one handicap match Mm. in in the surprised fourth stage of hell. Wow. To which Kong and Godzilla win. And after they destroy Mechagodzilla... Fist bump. Um... It's gotta like in King of the bump. Monsters, all the other monsters on Earth surround Kong and Godzilla, and Godzilla retreats. He basically, you know, gives the tip of the hat to Kong, being like, you won, you're King Kong, you're the new king, you know? He says that verbatim, he's like, you're the new king, you beat me fair and square, good fight, bro, looking forward to the next one. He Godzilla says that, those are his lines, and mm. Kong's like, gorilla speak, you know? Yeah. And he's, he's King Kong, and either A... The movie ends with the monster surrounding King Kong as he's the new king of the monsters in a destroyed Japan. Or B, it ends with America conducting a press conference saying that the people who uh, invented Mechagodzilla weren't actually working in America's best interests. They were working in their own self-interest. So they don't represent what America is actually about. We are the land of the free and the home of the brave. And we... Will fight for freedom, liberty, and justice for all, for all, including Godzilla and King Kong. And that's how the movie ends with America secretly being the good guys because they are actually the, they, good, they guys. the good guys. Wow. Yeah. Because, because it's an American movie, right? So, yeah. of course, they're going to be the good guys. Wow. That's hey, shit. Barry, Godzilla. It's that's all shit. It's King all Kong, shit. Like, there's, oh, yeah. no, there's yeah. no way to make this work. Like I applaud oh, I, I I applaud you for trying. It's shit. Yeah, thank you. This is all I, I did the dog best with shit. what I was given. Yeah. Which brings me There's to my final point. My <laughs> final point of what Godzilla versus what this the, the monster verse should be. Monsters fighting and just cinematography at its greatest. Cause the best part of Godzilla King of the Monsters wasn't the monsters fighting. It was when Mothra goes into the air and you see like full Mothra on the screen because it's just beautiful. It's like cinematic wise, it's beautiful to look at. It's so amazing to look at. And that's what these monster verse movies should focus on. Just the fucking landscape of these monster battles. Fair. And that's that yeah, focus and the on fact of big- focus on the visual. Don't don't overcomplicate the 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 plot or the premise. Just make it serviceable yes. to get to the end and have a definitive winner. Like that'll be like, that's him. Like that's the that's the way to do it. Is that like that's- let them fight. Don't overcomplicate this shit by twists and turns and just let it be like a visual marvel more than it is like trying to make any statement at all because it's, it's, it's a stupid it's a stupid shit premise off jump like it's just yeah. it's just not great yeah. super lopsided again godzilla oh, yeah. destroys Godzilla's- king kong 99.99999 percent of the time but now you've supersized him to ha- give him some Let's- form of battle but he still doesn't have anything because just because he's big doesn't really mean shit because he's just a gorilla <laughs> People people <laughs> want this to happen is because they've already made King Kong versus Godzilla. And I feel like people hold that movie to like this huge standard of it's amazing when it's actually not that good. Like the original King Kong versus Godzilla shows these two guys like 
the, the, the King Kong was already made out to be the size of Godzilla and vice versa. So that's fixed right there. But yeah. like these two fighting around the world, like it's, it's again, the visuals are good for its time for like a 60 movies, the sixties movies, the visual is good, but the ending is shit. Cause it ends in the middle of a battle between Godzilla and King Kong. America just bombs the shit out of them. And Godzilla is seen. No Godzilla, nowhere to be seen. Kong is seen swimming away. And then the movie ends with being like, oh, it looks like Kong won this one. That's how the movie ends. It's like, oh, it looks like King Kong won the battle. No sign from Godzilla. I guess King Kong's the winner. End of movie. And it's like, there was no definitive winner here, guys. Amer like, people America the shit won. out of it. Honestly. And it's like, you can't... Swimming. What? what does it even look like? I, I don't know. Who's King Kong fucking... <laughs> what, what kind of stroke is he doing? Is he doing the breaststroke? Like, super he's doing, fucking he's, he's ineffective? He's doing like that, that... The weakened warrior stroke where he's looking back and he's using one arm to just slowly paddle himself away, mm. you know? Like, he's just... He's barely escaped with his life. You know, Jeez. I think that's what it is. Yeah. But again, like, that wasn't good. And this probably isn't going to be good. Am I looking forward to it? Yes. Big monsters fighting is awesome, and bad movies are fun to watch, in my opinion. Um, depends the on the 13th. level of bad. That's true. Really yeah. depends on the level of bad. That's true. Yeah, yep. it has um, to be really bad to be good. Like that's how I look at it. Like if it's if it's somewhat bad, the, it's just a slog to get through. But if it's really bad, bad, oh, that's. <laughs> That's that's oh, almost yeah. like like Oscar worthy to like be certain levels of bad. That like, should be a that should be a, like a a category for the Oscars, the worst yeah. movie of the year. Worst movie. The the laughably bad movie of the year. <laughs> yeah. The imagine the and, laughably and the winner and the winner for the fifth straight year Blumhouse Productions. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of, of which, Blumhouse Productions segues. Yasin Nice job, my man. Thank, uh, thank you, thank you. I literally, this is what I live for. I live for the segways, and 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 I I one time stood on a segway and and beat my meat so vigorously nope. that that I started matching the rotations of the wheels. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of Blumhouse movies, this last week I watched. Three Blumhouse movies that were on Amazon Prime. One of them was Fantasy Island. The other was Nocturne. And the last one was Evil Eye. Um, Interesting name. The reason I wanted to talk about these is because Blumhouse has a very, very hit or miss record with its movies. The hits? I'll, the, I'll go Halloween. Get Out. Uh, Us. Whiplash. Uh, Whiplash. If if we're going outside horror movies, yeah, Whiplash. I'll call The Purge a hit. Even um, Sinister, the first Sinister, Insidious. Uh, let's see, any more? Any more? I I have a list here. Uh, the Hunt. Yeah, the Hunt. <laughs> yeah, no. no. The first, the first Paranormal Activity, and that's. You know what? That's all I'll say for now. That's By all the way, Those... just just for people that don't get that context, uh, The Hunt was my least favorite movie of 2020. So Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just letting people misses. know. Misses. And then it has a lot of misses. The Hunt. 
Fantasy Island, Evil Eye, Nocturne. <laughs> um, I haven't watched the other two. Uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Holy fuck me. Uh, Whiplash. <laughs> no, no, a, a, no, I'm kidding. You better be. Whiplash and literally any sequel they make on a movie. Oh, Blumhouse also did Black Klansman, which is in right. the that was the other one. Yeah, category. Yeah, right. But yeah, but we should do a battle: Black it. Christmas versus Black Klansman. What's the battle based on, though? They have similar names. Oh well, Black <laughs> Klansman is better because they have three Ks in their name, and you know and, it's, it's, and it's Black Christmas has zero. Exactly, you know. They if it both, was Black Christmas, but both of them deal deal with cults, the KKK, the Goopy people. They deal. They deal in the same realm, right? Yeah. Both of them are are severely outgunned, but uh, perhaps they use their wit and uh, their intelligence to uh, uh, you know make it out and and fix some shit. Uh, yeah. uh, they they both have the word black in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Black Klansman is set in a setting. As is Black Christmas, they both have <laughs> a setting, so yeah, you. They do. it's very sure. close. But I think I gotta edge it to Black Klansman, uh, yeah. Just cause you know, uh, uh, I think Toe for Grace, Toe for Grace. That's 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 a good, why I'm that's it. a good reason. I would say though, because I think uh, 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 um, Mr. Adam Driver uh, uh, saying the N word with as much vigor as he does. <laughs> Is is <laughs> quite the is quite the experience. Wow. Well, Yasin, I, I'm gonna disqualify you from this because you do have a personal bias You're to right. black clansmen, with you being black yourself, mm-hmm. and you have a personal a vendetta against Black Christmas <laughs> because the protagonists are women and you hate women. So I know that. Yeah, and and oh. on top of that, uh, uh, it's shit. Yeah, <laughs> and I oh, like that too, good too. movies. And good movies, that's a bias inherently. So if you like bad movies, you know, like, I can't speak on your behalf. So you're right. So with Black Blumhouse Klansman movies, is night the reason I wanted better. to talk about this is the reason they're so hit or miss is because I've noticed through a lot of their horror movies, uh, mainly, uh, is that they try to include some sort of, of twist, plot plot twist or shock or reveal in their horror movies, which most horror movies have a reveal, but they, uh, most of their bad movies are like based solely around this reveal. Can Scooby-Doo count as a horror movie? No. (sighs) What? They're not? They, they, they got, they got suspense factors of like who is behind this. Yeah, but I didn't Scrappy-Doo make your movie monster (laughs) list. (laughs) Now that is a good, yeah. Scrappy Doo is banging. Because when Scrappy called, like, has out? a certain type of hate to him, you know. Like, there's a lot of villains who you're supposed to hate for the fact that they're a villain, but Scrappy had the type of hate that like a like a X Pac heat had. There's why did George Lopez in in Shark Boy and Lava Girl make your monster <laughs> list? <laughs> Why didn't the he was... people from from uh, Spy Kids make your monster <laughs> lit? 
Because that's just too scary to talk about. Why didn't the 3D glasses... Why didn't the 3D glasses from the Spy Kids box set make your list? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. It's a flawed list. (laughs) Their bad movies seem like they focus around this twist. For an example, Evil Eye is one of the movies I watched. And Evil Eye starts out as an intriguing movie it's about at its core it's it's about a mother not accepting that the fact that her daughter has outgrown the family traditions but But so the movie tradition yeah right that's actually kind of bullshit on the daughter's part to be fair yeah yeah honestly what a fucking whore um basically (laughs) you see see this is what i'm saying i would have preferred slut there I, I was pre- caught. I was like, should I say slut or whore? Because I would have preferred slut. Like, slut would have been nicer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like anyways, oh, whore's got a different level. I think it's because, especially like Dixon's really saying it like with emphasis on the on the. She sure did. Like whore, whore, whore. Yeah, like he really goes for it. So like, but should with I say slut- like Danny DeVito and call her a whore? <laughs> no, you shouldn't. You know what? Like you know what? Hey, you know what? You shouldn't. You know, <laughs> but but like with slut, slut. Like if if somebody maybe if they were British, I'd be I wouldn't like it because they'd be like slut, like <laughs> slut. But 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 like here we're 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 almost saying like sla. Like we're barely even saying the t. So slur, slut, slur. See? Yeah, it's slut, worse. Slut, slutty. This they're dressing slutty. You're dressing pretty hoary today. Actually, yeah, hoary is so much worse. Hoary, oh hoary my god, so much worse. Or whore esque. Oh, oh my god, you are looking whore esque today. That's like slutty is slutty has become like the the kind of playful insult. They, they See what I'm like, saying? It's a, a bit. You're such a slut. You're so slutty today. Yeah, exactly. You're such a whore. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, yeah. that's rough. Yeah, because it's like, um, whore is like grotesque. Yeah. Like, I feel like slut has class to it, where whore just doesn't. Like, whore is like a grotesque, disgusting, germ-infested vessel used to be dicked down. But slut, on the other hand, is just like, you know, you're a little promiscuous. You dabble in the the, uh, occasional dicking down, you know? Like it, that, that like yeah. slut is a little, you know, it, it it takes the edge off it a little. Yeah. Whore though, wow. Anyways. Wow. Evil Eye. It's a it's about a mother who doesn't accept her daughter's new boyfriend because she believes him to be the reincarnation of her ex boyfriend who tried to kill her. Yeah, <laughs> the, the mom's ex-boyfriend who tried That's to kill so the mom dies. Dies. Now the mom believes that her daughter's boyfriend, current boyfriend, is the is... reincarnation of that yeah. dastardly ex. Yes. Wow. Now here's the thing. Like I said, okay. if this was a drama movie, it'd be really it'd be good it'd be good it's an intriguing premise it'd be, it'd be better it's it's because it's a movie about outgrow- why outgrowing traditions isn't necessarily a bad thing okay 
right? It is a bad oh, thing, though. This? this sounds like propaganda. Bad pull. <laughs> Anyways, the movie is leading up towards the twist as to whether or not the boyfriend's actually the reincarnation of the ex-boyfriend, which I saw from a mile away. If it's not, like, it's a horror movie, so of course... Horror. It's a horror movie, so of course the boyfriend is the reincarnation. Why? Who cares? It's a horror movie. And yeah. Questions aren't supposed to be answered. So once it happens, once the boyfriend finally phones the mom and, like, reveals himself to be like, you're right, I am the reincarnation How of... How you know you've been reincarnated? Because he's, he's evil. Because he's evil. And he has an eye. Evil eye, right? Basically, he phones the mom, though. Is he's it like, eye yeah, as in E-Y-E? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's like, he's like, he phones the mom. He's like, yeah, you're right. I am him. And you're going to come over here because I still love you. And it's like, what's <laughs> going on? Movie's not that good. The problem really could have had me being, fooled. I've been gripped yeah, <laughs> by this the plot. The problem with it being a horror movie, though, is it tried to play off like the reveal as this big twist of, oh, he is the reincarnation of 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 the ex boyfriend. But it's like, what other op? They gave yeah, no um, other options as to what it could be. Like as an audience member, you know it's a horror movie. You know there's gonna be this big It just ends with him climactic. not being. He's just yeah, not. He's, yeah, it just it's not. It's like oh no, but the ex boyfriend's still alive, and now he's just killing for fu- like what's what's the other option here? It's his son. <laughs> yeah. So the reveal falls flat. There's other problems with that movie, just really? like with fantasy. Yeah, just like with Fantasy Island, which has a bigger reveal in it. Like, its reveal is supposed to act like his actual plot twist. But the movie is just so lost and, and just cluttered in itself. that but when see, the re- Fantasy when... Island, I think, actually does have, like, a solid premise to begin with. But, oh, like, yeah. the direction it goes in is just, oh, it's my shit. goodness. I watched it after you broke it down for me. And, yeah. oh, my God. It's, like, hilarious, fucking awful. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But the plot twist that happens is like it's it's so underwhelming because it seems like it was just rushed. It's like it's like, oh, we have to fit this plot twist in here. If they just went with like a typical movie of the island and 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 uh, Scott Lang's best friend. I forget the actor's name. Yeah. The guy who plays Louise. What's his name? In Louise in Ant-Man is like the main the, the owner of the island. Yeah, the big the bad. He's supposed to be like this cool, calm, collected villain. And it's like, why did you cast this guy? It's like, this is yeah. severely miscast. For sure. Yeah. Like, but anyways, like... Get Danny Trejo that, in here. <laughs> get Giancarlo Esposito in here. But of course, he wouldn't be but in that movie. But he wouldn't do because, this movie, yeah. Because that movie's shit. Um, do you think Danny Trejo would? <laughs> It's like Danny Trejo would unquestionably do this. That's movie. what I'm saying. Like he would do it. Danny Trejo would no. do it. Uh, poor Danny Trejo. Uh, he would. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Oh man. He's a spy kids. Steve Buscemi would have made a better fucking villain than Louise here. For he sure. He does play a good villain. He plays yeah. a good. Villain. But anyway, so if they would have stuck to that, that Louise is the villain and he has to keep this island going, it would have 
to me, the movie would have been better. Still would have been good. Would have been like one fingernail better than what it was because it's still just terrible. But they tried to force this twist on us to make us question something, to make us question the movie. And this is a pattern I find with a lot of Blumhouse movies where they try and throw in this this twist, this 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 reveal to try and make us kind of relook at the movie itself and think, try and think back on the movie. And it just it never works out great. I feel it like doesn't. there's bigger issues with Blumhouse movies though than the twists. There is. Yeah. But this is this is a very like repeating factor in their movies. Yeah, like, but, but is... I'm saying there's another like repeating factor in their movies that's the bigger issue is yeah, that, and that is... Sorry? And that is I, it's it's the fact that they're all or like all the misses are like written horrendously. And That's like true. they ne- they 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 without fail make uninteresting, unlikable characters oh, that yeah. like you can give less of a shit about. Like yeah. consistently, it's consistent yeah. with with them. Like that is the issues. And I feel like the horror movies that do work under Blumhouse for the most part are because the scare factor of them is so high. That, like, that is what the draw is. It's not even, like, the writing. It's not even, like, the characters within it and the journey that they go on. It's just about, like, the fear factor and, like, the discomfort that you feel in those movies is, like, super high. Like you said, like, a sinister. Like, a sinister isn't about the characters at all or insidious, right? They're all just fucking, like, uncomfortable viewings, which is where they thrive. And guess what? They still thrive with that because I was un- I was in discomfort watching Fantasy Island, but probably not for the reasons that they were going for. I was just no. uncomfortable sitting through this movie and sitting through this writing. Oh, I yeah. had a couple scares in there for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> just from a creative standpoint, I was like, this is fucking terrifying. Like, I think the big bad is actually the director. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's the biggest but, but, issue with Blumhouse films. And I think that the twists, oftentimes, like Fantasy Island, I think saved the movie. Really? Because it made it so bad <laughs> that it was like this, like, it doesn't even matter anymore. Nothing yeah. matters at That's all true. here. It's just fucking shite. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is, oh, grade A shit right there. But I, let's look at a movie that has great writing for most of its characters and is a horror movie. Halloween. The Halloween 2018 Halloween reboot. Mm-hmm. Reboot wow. sequel, whatever you want to call it. Direct sequel. But there's one giant flaw in that movie, which I believe hinders it a lot. And it is the Doctor reveal. The Doctor twist. That didn't need to be in the movie at all. It was done as an explanation for how Michael escaped and, and and how Michael and it was used to allow Michael to get to Lori mm-hmm. and to re reunite with Lori. But I'm like, there's better ways to go about this. Oh, like the, the doctor f- twist in terms of like, he like he, is like, wants to see Michael out in action. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember. And my, my thing is, it's not even the fact that, that he wants to see Michael in action though. It's the fact that he's willing to kill Everybody to do it too. He, he killed the doctor. He drove Michael to Lori's house. He caused the bus crash. Probably killed some people in that too. It's like, 
but yeah, it's 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 the fact that his his whole character arc was like he's supposed to be the opposite of Loomis. Loomis wanted to do everything to 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 keep Michael locked up while this doctor wants to get Michael out. And it's a twist because it's the opposite of Loomis, but I'm like, it doesn't help your movie at all. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been better if it just had Mike, if it was the movie without that and you found a better way for Michael's actions. You don't have to explain the bus crash. Michael just escaped. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all you need. And then with him getting to Lori, like you could just have him follow Allison. Like Allison gets in a cop car. Michael sees the cop car drive off and somehow he follows the cop car. Like, but honestly, that's all you really need. You don't at need brisk, this at a brisk walking pace. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> While still saying in Halloween night. Right. Yeah. But you're right. There are bigger problems in Blumhouse's misses. And that is just terrible writing. Yeah. Terrible writing. And yeah, but because I do think hits. I don't think I don't think Sinister or Insidious has much better writing. It's just no. it's just no. like freaky. Yeah, that's what makes it good. Yeah, it's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Blumhouse, get your shit together. Fucking hell, guys. Come yeah, on. Yeah, just make more whiplashes. But the thing oh, is that oh, whiplash. Like so whiplash, uh, as I know. Because I am a big fan of that movie, clearly. If you've heard me do my top 50 movies of the decade list a couple episodes back. So what I do know about that, though, is that I don't really credit that as a Blumhouse production, even though it's under Blumhouse. Because the thing is that that movie was originally like like Damien Chazelle, who's the writer of, of Whiplash. He wrote that movie and it like didn't get picked up. So it became like a short film first right it was a short right, film yeah, yeah, yeah it was a short film at the sundance festival in uh 2013 and it won and off of that win like it got funding to you know become an actual oh. full-length movie right yeah because jk simmons is in both i don't know how the fuck yeah. he ended up in the short film i have no clue how he got casted but uh, uh without any funding but he did and like well, i'll say I'll say the and same Blumhouse thing, just get picked out, it up. Get out to me isn't a blumhouse movie it's a jordan peele movie under Blumhouse Productions. Yeah. Blumhouse just paid for it, and that's literally it. But Get Out is solely a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. That, and that's the thing. Where like, Black that's, Christmas is a, is a Blumhouse movie. solely a Blumhouse movie. <laughs> yeah. Black Christmas was made for the sole purpose of Jason Blum trying to say, I'm not a misogynist. Yep. I don't rape. Well, it wasn't that. It was He made a comment <laughs> about how there's, there's, there's not enough female horror directors and then and then that caused an upright because like oh there are you're just not hiring them because you're sexist so we hired one told them here gave them black christmas uh. told them like you have like six months to make this movie <laughs> and there's a reason and then basically probably, probably said make it as feminist as possible i wonder show I'm i wonder if misogynist. he or or what if it's a grander plot and he was like he destined that movie to fail so he can like reference it and be like see this is right, why I yeah, hire right. male directors. It's not about oh, the gender. It's about the talent. And women just aren't talented. And he was a misogynist in the first place. A crazy plot twist typical of Blumhouse Productions. Yes. <laughs> wow. But that's... Oh, man. <laughs> they need to get their shit together. Oh, yeah. Like, they may be, in my opinion, the worst production company out right now. Like, they make consistently the worst films. 
There's no yeah. other production company that I can think of off the top of my head that has been butchering, like, let's say four-fifths of their movie slate is, like, Honestly, shit. Honestly, yeah. Like, it's shit. There's, like, the odd movie here and there that's, like, good to great, and then yeah. it, the rest just shit. So Freaky, yeah, well. Freaky that came out this year, I'll say was good. But it wasn't your typical. But it's a fun movie. Like that's exactly. that's, that's, that's the lane they should be, be in. Fun. That's the yeah. lane that some of these movies should be in. Is that like don't take yourself so seriously. Like that's my thing. That's the issue that I have with like The Hunt, and that's an issue yeah. that I have with Nocturne. Is that it takes itself so overtly seriously. I mean, yeah. Black Christmas is another one. Yeah. It's so serious for no reason, especially Honestly. when your writing is so. It's like a joke in itself. <laughs> like, oh man. If if you're not like going to make a Get Out or 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 a and I'm talking horror movies in general, if you're not going to make a Get Out or a Halloween or uh, Insidious or a Sinister, and I'm going to because those are like Insidious or Sinister, but those are three very different movies, three good movies for three very different reasons. For sure. If you're not going to make one of those, then make your movie fun. Like make a freaky. Yeah. If you're gonna make a horror movie, make a freaky. Yeah. Because that sure. was so fun with a lot of inventive kills that I haven't seen since like the original Friday the Thirteenth days. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really fun. It's it was really fun to watch. I liked it. Yeah, for sure. But, and that's the thing. Like, um, I think though, like I am gonna say, uh, Blumhouse. I think, yeah, I, I think I'm going to stick by that sentiment that Blumhouse is the worst uh, production, production company. company. And, like, I don't think there, there's any any challenges to it. There's no challenges no. whatsoever. There's actually an ease of challenges uh, towards Blumhouse's uh, th- <laughs> uh, throne. Um, they can't even find them, like, online. Like, there's oh, no nice. challenges from the online <laughs> world even. And... Uh, um, I'm drowning, uh, Craig. <laughs> you wanted to uh, discuss uh, uh, online challenges. We didn't yeah. even know we were in a segue until we got there. Until we, until we got there. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Challenges nowadays are not challenges anymore. I don't know. Wait, don't by know the way, I'm... by the way, we're jumping off horror movies here. <laughs> like, I gotta make yeah, that I'm, clear. That's horror movies. That's all done. We are. Yeah, we yeah. are done with Dixon's uh, horror horror topics here. Yeah, he's. We're done with the whores. Into whores. We used them. We're done with them, and now we leave them. I'm sorry. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> hold up. Jesus Christ! We've used them, and now we're done with them. Jesus Christ! (laughs) Yes, I'm in agreement. Yes, they're all used and bloodied up in the dumpsters somewhere. Somewhere. Who cares? Just a couple whores. Yeah. <laughs> if these were some sluts, though, I'd feel bad. Yeah. But, but I would never do that to a slut. Yeah, but a whore? Whore. Wow. 
they Damn, look in the gutter where they belong. <laughs> this, 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 oh this, this, they crawl down to fucking sewer drains. Yeah, back to their homes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why does it always take this turn on this podcast? <laughs> Fuck it's sake. the best podcast ever. Oh, man. Yeah, we are the best podcast of all time. We, we're up there. We're yeah, up there. Sure. yeah, we're on the list. We're we're on the list. We're on a yeah. list. Yeah, we're like Black yeah. Christmas. We're like Black Christmas in horror movies. We're definitely top five thousand podcasts all time. Yeah, we are top five thousand podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, what are we talking about, Craig? We're talking about how easy all these supposed online challenges are, and how it uh, plays into the softness of today's world. In, in, in what is easy. Pats on the back and and positive affirmations like the latest challenges I've seen are uh, releasing the park break and being naked. These aren't challenges. These are just things you do in life. There's a new like TikTok challenge where you 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 have your girlfriend try to undo the park break. Okay. And they like can't do it because they don't know that you pull up before you press the button, and so they just sit there and they. That's not a challenge. This no. is not. Oh, this is not a, oh my goodness! It's, not it's a, a life skill that should be known. Yeah, she's in the. It's drive. not even a skill. It's just it's it's it's. Like honestly, she, it's probably in the owner's manual somewhere, she was guys. In the driver's seat, she drives. Oh, no, <laughs> she didn't want to like undo a park brake. And then there's like the silhouette. The challenge. silhouette challenge. I figured is where you were going. Oh yeah, be naked <laughs> with a red light on. That's not a challenge. <laughs> there's there's the busted challenge where you dress uh, very casually, and then you dress nicely. Oh yeah. <laughs> What a challenge. Yeah. All just easy brownie points, pats on the backs to make us feel good and like get clicks off of actually doing nothing. Yeah. But is this actually a bad thing? Because as we touched on earlier, what were the challenges when we were growing up? Planking. On, on dangerous surfaces and people fucking died. Yeah. You yeah. put, put, uh, you burned yourself with ice. Yeah, and you cinnamon. On cinnamon. Yeah, you like. This is the thing, though. Cinnamon. TikTok. I was literally gonna. I was literally gonna post this on Instagram yeah. about how stupid men are. Uh, okay. We're fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> we we've given these women this platform <laughs> to really believe like they're doing something crazy, yeah, like true. every time. Because we're all horned up, testosterone-filled fucking dopes. Like, that's yeah. all we are. We sit there and we scroll through fucking ass shake after ass shake after ass shake. <laughs> and we fucking commend them for their creativity. Like, it's amazing. It baffles me. I look at these comment sections on TikTok and yeah. it baffles me the level of, like, simptitude that is going uh, on where they're like, yo, this is the most creative shit I've ever seen. Or they'll be like, you're so like funny and like quirky oh, and hilarious. Oh, and I'm shit. like, Jesus Christ, we're fucking dumb. And guess what? 
I'm part of the problem. I'm yeah. a part of the problem. If you go through my Instagram likes, ass everywhere. <laughs> Semi titty silhouettes of naked bitches. Just curves. And I'm liking these. And I'm 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 giving them the freedom. It's not even woman. To it's do it's this. just a picture. It's a shape with a curve in it. And he's <laughs> yeah. liking it. I'm I'm just as big of a, a part of this problem, but I just can't stop. I can't stop myself from from looking and liking because I need to save it because I'll come back at some point. I never do, but I just boost <laughs> their egos for no reason, and I conflate to the problem. I'm an I'm part of the issue. Yeah, I take yeah. ownership. That, that's a big that's a big uh, step. Yeah. Yeah, recognizing the problem. But yeah, like, what does this mean for us now to where everything is so easy? Oh, the new hardest challenge is to just be naked and where no one actually sees you naked. It's just the outline of your body. The silhouette. Is, is this better or is this worse than choke on cinnamon? Because it's oh, funny. Ah, <sighs> that's tough. Because they're both choking on cinnamon stupid. didn't have the sex appeal though of the silhouette challenge. For some, for some, yeah, for, <laughs> for some, you're right. You're you are you are correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ah, that's tough. I don't know which one, which one, which one's dumber. Well, the cinnamon one is. There's an dumber. actual, but there is an actual challenge to that where you have to. You are challenged to try and swallow this exactly. unswallowable food. Or uh, As a spice cinnamon. There's also yeah. the saltine challenge. Uh, yeah, you know. eat, eat as many uh, saltines. I think it's six. You have six to try saltines, and get six in, saltines a in, a, in a minute. Yeah, and that's See, the thing. Like you can burn your skin with ice. Yeah, yeah. like those. Like, but those are challenges, though. But those are challenges. challenges. Yeah. As far as a challenge goes, those are better because they're actually challenges. I'm not vouching for planking, to- though. I'm um, not vouching no. for planking. Planking was yeah, no. not a planking challenge. Was dumb as fuck. Yeah, well, it depends on where you plank, though. Doesn't you matter. Know? And that was the problem. It, that's that's <laughs> yeah, like, that, that that's like saying like it depends where you like do the silhouette challenge. Like you could either like be you know in your bedroom, or you could be in a fucking uh, a toxic radiation plant and do it. And yeah, you might get fucking skin cancer now, but like you you did the challenge. It was a challenging thing. Planking well, for the, the most part was, was just like the, park the, benches and shit. If somebody was doing the silhouette challenge, balancing on top of a fucking 10-foot-high fence with swords surrounding the fence, <laughs> then it'd be like, that's impressive. That's ten, a challenge. 10-foot-high fence with swords around them. Jesus <laughs> and some people were doing the plank. People were just planking on bathroom stalls or in the middle of traffic. Like, there was, there's a challenge. to like, don't get hit. Yeah. Don't move or else you're going to get hit. See, there's a people challenge. There. made it to, like, hey, don't die. I'm gonna yeah. plank on this guardrail. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I I'm gonna know. plank but it was on the dumb. fence, separating us from the tigers at the zoo. Let's yeah. see what happens. Um, they should oh, do the silhouette dumb. challenge like that. The challenge, one yeah, honestly, that's the, if the silhouette challenge. And one the, sorry, what? <laughs> I'm saying like they're like one's a challenge, one isn't. One causes some degree of like harm, the other like realistically doesn't. Except to like your image. Oh, you know what was the, the, the best shit? 
Uh, the what fucking was uh, what was it? There was the the banana and sprite challenge. Was that where you like eat like a whole banana and then you like down like a, a bottle a of like sprite, sprite and like you sprite. cannot hold it, like your body cannot yeah, hold it, so you just so throw up. Threw up. Yeah, oh, wow. there was that. There's the milk, like two liters it's of milk, like two liter milk, which is also yeah. a good one. Right. That's a really funny one. I like that one. Just that one, yeah. that one needs terrible. to make a comeback. Yeah, because those are actual challenges. Real yeah. challenge. Where it's like that's it's basically impossible to like hold two gallons of milk. Yeah. That's banging. That's, like, that's where I'd like the ones of the past are better because they're actual challenges. But I would say they, in the sense of what you're doing, it is stupider because it's an actual challenge. There's danger to the challenge. But yeah, then right? don't do the challenge if you don't feel like exactly. you can overcome this obstacle. Exactly. Like right? The There's so many people that don't do the bus it challenge, though, because they don't think they got enough ass. Yeah. It's Fair. an obstacle, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. If somebody if right. somebody That's... doesn't have enough ass and they do that challenge, it's it's it's, it's frustrating. It is for all yeah. of us. Yeah. So what's what is worse now? So let's say you post these videos, you're getting likes, you're getting affirmation, you're getting like positive feedback. Mm -hmm. Is it more dangerous to... Uh, affirm the actions of someone doing stupid shit like eating cinnamon or like gallons of milk or to do something utterly unimpressive but make them I'd say, think I'd say it's better. I'd say it's better how it is now. I would say so as well. Because I think, I think like all jokes aside, all jokes aside, there's actually nothing wrong with giving affirmation to people. <laughs> Like, there's literally nothing wrong with, like, <laughs> yeah. aiding people in, like, their confidence and their self-esteem. There's no issue there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. That's, 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 that's a fair take. Where the other one is, like, you're driving people. Like, like look at the fucking. Uh, you're encouraging uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Tide Pod challenge. Like, oh, it's like you're right. driving people to, like, eat detergent for clicks. Where, yeah. like, this one, you're, like. Do it and like maybe we'll we'll be nice to you. Yeah, like you know what exactly. I mean. Like I, so that that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's different. And like because the other one it's like like do this ridiculously dumb shit, like that will probably harm you for clicks. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. th this one is like we're just gonna be nice to you if you if you pop enough puss, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you know how to operate, we're your not concert, slut shaming you. We're slut you, encouraging you. Learn you. how to do this dance move. Hey, here's your fucking click. Yeah. Yeah. Because when when I was thinking of this topic, it took like a, a turn. Because I was like, man, like challenges these days just like aren't challenges. This is dumb, and it's like like playing into this like very soft like generation. Mm -hmm. I was thinking like, oh, thinking and also this quite shit. a car, quite a Dude. narcissistic generation. Exactly. Like yeah. we're giving all these people all these props for doing nothing. You're not doing anything, but now you feel like you're doing something incredible. Yeah, I remember but I was watching this. I was watching this clip of like all like, yeah. it was like this top TikTok like team thing. Like it's the one with like Addison and like Charlie and Dixie okay. D'Amelio and whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. I was I was watching this thing where they were talking about like, oh, we only like surround ourselves with like people who like just go. And, like, this is, like, a hard-working, like, unit. And, like, like that, like they were going on about, like, you have to have this, like, work ethic that's, like, unmatched. 
and like to like live in this house because like the labor yeah. that we carry through. I was like, how you're delusional? Dancing. How delusional are dancing. you? To it's not it's not that you're dancing because dancing is inherently like a oh, skill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is that you're For dancing. Sure. You're not creating any dances. Like the dances are being like given to you, where the there's people dance. with actual like ability, like yeah. teaching like these dance or like starting the dance oh, movement, crap. and then like yeah. other people are like jumping on it. That's not really hard working at all. So doing yeah. the same dance for a different song, and it's only going for about fifteen seconds at most. Yeah. And now like I'm also not... I'm also not saying that you're not hardworking because I assume no. that that level of success comes with some kind of like drive. Like luck is involved, but like you have to have some kind of like drive to do it. So it's not yeah, that you're not thing. hardworking, like, but yeah. I was like, you're painting yourself out to be like John Cena, like being in in you know <laughs> yeah. New York to film a TV show and then flying to LA to make Mania like the same day. Like, and then flying back to New York, like, that night just to, like, make his schedule work out. Like, you're equating your, your work to that, where it's like, yeah. that's not what you're doing. Yeah. No. yeah. That's not video. I don't know if this relates. It relates to just TikTokers in general, but it's of at, fans go up to, like, Addison Ray, right? And they're like, oh, can I have an autograph? I'm like, I'm like, oh, wow, cool. Good for her. She's, she's on that level where fans want autographs. She says, oh, yeah, but give me a second. Literally pushes them back so she can film her next video just st eating whatever bullshit she's eating at that restaurant. I'm like, the work never stops. No, it never it's stops. A, it's right? a, yeah, yeah, it's a conveyor it's a belt. Grind. Like, it's a drive. Grind. Yeah. Yeah. Grinding all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually, I was actually thinking this. I kind of want to try it out just to see, like, how much work does that actually take? go for it because Do i'm like because i'm like i don't really? imagine i don't imagine like it would take that much to just like film yourself doing like everyday activities but then i remembered like doing the vlogs and that yeah. was actually like a bit of work like goes into like doing the vlogs unless i started tiktok tiktok of just me doing my laundry every day <laughs> <laughs> that actually be banging i think that would pop <laughs> off <laughs> like you could create the laundry challenge, and the everyone laundry. has to do their laundry. Do their laundry. Yo, guys, this is the laundry challenge. What I want you to do is just do your mom's laundry. Just do a nice task for your mom. All right. Mm. You know that won't catch nice on. That's no, selfless. unfortunately, because people hate their mom. Yeah. What if you don't yeah. have? A you know, well, then, then that's that's an obstacle you got to overcome. That's part of the challenge. Break into somebody's so. house who has <laughs> break into a house that has a mom of the house. Love do that. Mom. Yeah, find a mom, any mom, break into their house and do their laundry. Do you imagine you come home, someone's doing your fucking laundry? <laughs> <laughs> and the, what it you know what pissed me off more about that? What if they did like a really good job? Like, yeah. you walk in, and they, like, separated, like, the whites, the towels, like, the colors. They did that all. They put it all in, like, the right, like, temperature cycle. And, like, they have, like, this shit ironed out, like, by the time you get back. And they're like, oh, nice for you to pop in. I'm just about finishing your laundry. I'd be furious. I'd be like, get the fuck out of my... I'd probably, like, spit on all my clothing. I'd just spit on all of it. Wipe my ass with the whites. And, like, wow. try to... Do you guys... 
not separate your your whites and your towels and your colors? No, I do, but I'm saying this guy I, okay. does like a good job. Like, oh, it he was, does a good job. It wasn't it, yeah. just yeah, it wasn't just like he you separating. Know, yeah, right. He, like he, it's not like he just comes in and does your laundry, but he like made a point <laughs> of doing it right and doing a He's good job. Ironing every shirt. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like he he is on a different level, and I'd be fucking furious. I'd be like, get out of my house. That's almost this more doesn't offensive. This does go in the dryer, so he hangs it up. Yeah, like uh, yeah, exactly. So I love that. What a douche. Yeah, fuck that. I started this challenge. What a douche. <laughs> but no, yeah, but I am so- I am in agreement that I think it's not a bad thing that there's an easing on challenges. However, I do no. feel like certain people because again. It's a breeding a really narcissistic generation. It's not TikTok, but like over time, social media has been breeding a really like narcissistic generation of people who are like really self-absorbed. So that's like an issue there. But yeah. I, I don't think it's actually like that bad of an issue. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. I feel... That yeah, it, it, there's nothing wrong with just complimenting somebody for no, for literally no reason, for just just giving them nice. confidence, right? Being nice with being nice. There. But what I feel the TikTok generation has done is that it's it's created uh, the idea that you can a make it big without doing much work, or b you can make it big without being creative. You you don't have to be creative. You can just do what other people are doing and still make it big, which yeah. I find But that's is always very... been the case, though. It's just that now it's, like, right at your fingertips. But that's fair. Like, there's been people, like, throughout generations that get to, like, the top of things not by having talent but by, like, pure luck, being pure there? coincidence, being in the right spot. You know, we we talk about it, but 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 you know, giving a little bit of that gawk gawk glizzy five thousand to the way mm. your way to the top, you know. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like th- it's been this way like forever. It's just that now it's right at your it's fingertips. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. You that's literally fair. just yeah. Like this influencer type world is like d- like breeding that right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I do think. Of influencers, mm. Mr. Beast. There no. has been a, a discussion as of late as to the roles that influencers have in our society and what they're obligated and not obligated to do. Ninja, as always, has been canceled. It's happened. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, times. a couple times well, at what least. Was he canceled for what happened? He did an interview with the New York Times. And they asked him about the toxicity in his chat and about like the racism in like Twitch chats and online chats. And he says that it comes down to parenting and that it's not his job to teach people's kids about white privilege or racism. It's the parent's job. And people were furious. Do influencers and people with platforms have a... Uh, obligation to uh, social justice or spreading awareness of issues? I'm going to say no, and I actually feel like uh, sometimes 
half-assed attempts at doing so is actually really yeah. damaging. Really hurtful. Yeah, I think it's true. super damaging to have like, like I still remember, and God, I love Aaron Paul, but fuck me, okay. I think it was last year. Was it last year during the Black Lives Matter stuff, or maybe it was in the COVID stuff? I can't remember, okay. but I just remember this video of him like, like going off on like we. I think if if it is Black Lives Matter, I think it was, and I I remember him being like like putting on this like we can't just be like not racist. We have to be anti-racist, and like he but he was putting on like an Oscar worthy performance <laughs> like like powering this out, really, and I was really like, this is so much <laughs> like Jesus, yeah. Christ, I don't remember what it was. It might actually not have been Black Lives Matter. I think it was something else. But I just remember it being like so over the top and I could just see through it in terms of like, this is not like, it's not in your core principles to like, I really need to step out right now. It's more so like you felt an obligation to say something. Yeah. And like, it just looks away and it doesn't help anybody. It at all, and I think that I I'm in, I'm in full agreement with him. By the way, he doesn't have an obligation to who watches. Oh yeah, his streams. He's not yeah, yeah. going and handpicking people and be like, watch my stream. Like people are tuning in, and that's that. Like that's not his responsibility. That's like oh, if yeah. that's like if a household doesn't like violence, and um a kid on Shaw like flicks over to one of the sports channel and UFC's on. Is that UFC's fault that that kid stumbled upon this channel? No, no, that's not. Like so, so that's what I'm saying when it comes to that. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think influencers have an obligation to anything, and I mean that in any way. But no, that being said, th- what they do have an obligation to is owning up to the shit that they've pushed out there. That's true. Sure. That's what they have an obligation to. Whatever you've done and whatever you've put out there because you are documenting yourself, you have to stand behind what you've said and what you've done and have just reason for why you did it or apologize for why you did it. That's it, right? Yeah. Like I look at like the the like, you know, look at like the iDubs of the world or like the filthy franks of the world and like the horrendous shit like that they've done and like yeah. said and whatever, but I don't know about the IDub situation anymore because that's been like weird, turbulent for years. But like Frank, yeah. I know like stands behind like I did this in this era of whatever, like whether he's proud of it or not, like he he will wear that. You know yeah. what I mean? That's 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 what I think they have an obligation to. Everything else, though, like if you want to, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Also, yeah. mass opinion's stupid. So even if you <laughs> like disagree with certain things, right? Let's say yeah, that yeah. that you you are racist, right? Let's say yeah. you being racist, and like like if you choose to push out your platform or not to push out your platform. That's what you have an obligation to. But if people are going to tune into you and you're racist, like it's not your responsibility to not be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you shouldn't be racist, obviously. The other big point, uh, or I get, I guess I'll get Dixon's Dixon's thoughts on this. Oh yeah, and kind of monopolized that whole thing. He said every point that needed to be said, (laughs) 
and went yeah. above and beyond in his explanation. Because I'm a smart Streamers guy. Don't know you. No, it, influencers don't know you fucking anything. No, influencers and entertainers in general don't owe me anything except for entertainment. Yeah. That's their job. That's that's if if yeah. that's their the career path they've chosen. That's literally all they need to do, as far as I'm concerned. Just like a civil engineer, all he needs to do is design a bridge that works. He doesn't need to write on the side. He has no obligation to design a bridge that works and also uh, displays, you know, inclusiveness sayings on it to show what he's about. Yeah. That's not his job. His job is to design the bridge. And influencers' jobs and entertainers' jobs are to entertain. But the but they have the, no obligation or the argument against it is that with people with as big of a platform as you have and as big of a reach as you have, yeah. and as much like influence over mass thought as you have, yeah. you should be using that platform to spread some kind of positive message to try and create a better space overall, especially when someone like Ninja's chat is so fucking toxic, right? Yeah. Like you could be doing stuff to like shift that. That's what the argument against it is. I don't agree with that, but I, I yeah. know, I, I understand that that's like the argument against it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go to Ninja to get the news. I'd go to no. Ninja watch him rage at kids and get them banned off Fortnite. That's yeah, why yeah. I watched Ninja. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not to get news, not to like hear his political opinions. I don't care. I don't even know what his political opinions would be. I don't know what he knows about racial injustice or what he thinks about it. I don't care. That's not what he's there for. Exactly. Um, well, you covered one of the big arguments. There's another big argument thrown at him in this uh, stance, I guess. They say Ninja is using his white privilege to not talk about racial matters. Is that, oh, well, you, you, can, you can afford not to talk about it because you're white, and this is your white privilege. I can't afford to not think about racism. It's in my everyday. Is that that's, Ninja's problem? I can't, like, I'd say that's true. That is a privilege that he can afford not to talk about this, but that's... Again, it's not necessarily his obligation to talk about it. Yeah. Like, he, and as along with most white people, they they have the privilege of not facing racism on an everyday level. And yeah. on, or any day level, really. Any white day people. level, yeah. Yeah, right? So that's why he can do that. He, he doesn't need to talk about it, but... If you're going after Ninja because of this, there's a lot of other entertainers you should be going after. Like any entertainer who doesn't on the daily talk about racism, go after them. You should go after them too, right? Yeah. Where, where does it stop? Where does it stop? But that's, I feel that's just... Oh, it's a very weird argument we, to try to right? argue against. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do, how do you argue against this? Well, this is how... I'm yeah, the way is. that I view it is yeah, there is inherently a power to not have to speak out against a problem that you will not face, right? Yeah, it, inherently the same way that there is privilege on people who live in first world countries to not talk about issues that are going on in third world countries because we don't have to face that in our day to day, right? Yeah, but 
what I also got to say to that is all of this stuff, what Dixon just said is very true. Are you saying then that like if you like you're satisfied with somebody throwing out a word, a phrase, a sentence, like one statement and then like that has their basis covered because like now you can't say that I didn't do anything because I did like that's bullshit. We want to talk about we're talking about uh, how we we pat people on the back for these these things that they like do. Right. I would like tying it in that we just pat people on the back for any little thing that they fucking do, even if they're not doing shit like they're singing. Imagine like, oh, wow, you're fucking brave. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like we're not that's not doing anything. And the thing is that you can spread positivity on a day to day. Cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. But again, it, like, it's not really an obligation. There is no, no rule that dictates that they have to. And also, yeah. like, would it be nice? Yeah. If if they really had this this gripe and whatever. But I'm gonna start this by saying, having a privilege is not an issue. <laughs> It's not an okay. issue at all to have oh. privileges. I don't know why it's being treated that way in the year 2021 that if you have any privileges, it's awful. Like it's the end of the world and everybody just yeah. negates the fact that they have any privileges. It's fine to have privileges, right? Yeah, Pe- yeah. There's probably people that work their ass off for you to have certain privileges and you denying those is inherently just like a slap in the face to all the work that people have put in to lay the groundwork for you to have certain privileges but yeah everybody has a right to really utilize their own privileges in the ways that they deem fit if they don't feel it's necessary to do so we can have our opinions on it don't get me wrong if you feel a way about ninja didn't say anything about black lives matter cool you can feel that way However, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't necessitate like an obligation on his part. Just the same way that if you make billions of dollars every year, right? If you're a multi-billionaire, there's no obligation for you to give that money to charity. But no. you probably should, and I can have an opinion on you hoarding all this cash to yourself when you can pass it out to other people, right? Right. It's an yeah. opinions game that they're playing in, in the influencer realm. Let's call it. It's a it's a, right. it's an opinion based game. It's all just observatory from different perspectives and different perceptions of what you're doing. Some people will find you funny. Some people won't find you funny. Some people will find you tolerable. Some people will find you unbearable because everybody's different that way. However, obligations don't come with that. Yeah. Obli- yeah. No one is obliged to 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 pat your opinion or to no. it, like include every opinion you possibly can to like, th- there is no obligation behind that. So no. yeah. And again, like Dixon said, you said it best. If you're going to go at people for that, go at people who aren't using their everyday privilege for, for yeah. positivity or for affecting change because they're inherently doing the same thing. Cause if you're speaking up, but only speaking up during movement, movement months like yeah you're also still part of that problem that you have created for yourself yeah 
Yeah. Well said. Well said. We all agree with that. Do we? I agree with it. Oh, yeah. There we go. I I, I said it first. That's true. (laughs) You did say it first. He said it first. So we agree with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Wait, wait, wait. What'd you say? You've had two moments this pod. You're really, you're fucking tearing through. Do you you have anything to say about your moment? Um, you know, it, it, it feels good. Uh, No, I'm going to save that for the congruency games. No, just, it feels good. You said it, you said it again. Yeah. You said it twice. So like now you can't save it for the congruency games because you already, you you threw it out there. He's also assuming he's going to beat you in the congruency. He's not going to. I'm I'm about to get a whooping on Dixon. A whooping. How's how's the work going, Craig, for the congruency games? I haven't started. Yeah, we, we know. <laughs> but it's happening next. It's happening next pod. We don't so know I, that. You don't know that, Dixon. We this could be a one episoder. We're going oh, on be. the fly in, in episode fifty. We don't have anything planned. Anything can happen uh, in <laughs> in the changing formats podcast. We could change the formats whenever we want to. Because like before. This used to be like a wrestling pod, right? Like WWP. Yeah. It was like a whole wrestling pod. And now now we were like, ah, oh, no more wrestling. And now we're the Changing Formats pod. But in typical Changing Formats uh, 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 vein, we are changing the formats once again. And we're going to talk about a bit of wrestling. Because The Undertaker was on the Joe Rogan podcast the other week. He's, he, yeah. he went over there. Uh, I missed the full interview, annoyingly, because they took down Man. the full interview off of YouTube, like, oh. two days later, and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it today, and they took it down, so I couldn't <laughs> watch the whole thing, but uh, The Undertaker has caused a bit of a stir uh, as it goes within the wrestling industry. Dixon, do you know what's been going on, what's been happening? Um, A little bit. Uh, I believe it started when uh, Joe Rogan asked The Undertaker if he still watches wrestling today, if if he watches any product today. And Undertaker's response was he tries to, uh, but it, it's hard because to him it seems a little soft. Mm-hmm. And I have the quote right here. Yeah, he says okay. he says, uh, "I'll probably piss a lot of people off, but they need to hear it. It is what it is." To the young guys. Oh, he's a bitter old guy. Uh, I'm not bitter. I did my time. I'm good. I walked away when I learned to walk away. I just think the product is a little soft. There's guys here and there that have an edge to them, but there's too much pretty, not enough substance right now. They're trying to put something out for everybody. Some guys are into the comedy shit. There's other guys that want to see the more hardcore type fighting. I think one of the biggest things that happened, we all got old at the same time, so there weren't enough guys to work with the young guys. Oh, interesting. Yeah, then Undertaker also mm. spoke on wrestlers more focused on listening to the fans than tenured performers like himself and other veterans. He says, you also have too many people that are, these guys on the internet say I'm pretty fucking good. Okay, well you can listen to them, or you can listen to somebody that's been there and done it. You can't help it, but there was just not enough merging of the young and the new talent. When we had Stone Cold and Rock and Triple H and Shawn Michaels, all those guys, we were all working together and we were making money and we were drawing. Then we all just left 
and aged, or we uh, then we all just aged out. I hung in there for a long time, but we kind of aged out, and it left all these young guys to learn with more young guys, and the product changed. Okay. Interesting. That's let's, interesting. let's go from the start of, of what he says. It's the, he's going he's gonna to piss a lot of people off. He might, like, they'll say he, he's a bitter old guy, but he's done his time. Um, yeah. That uh, there's n- too much pretty, not enough substance. Uh, what else do you say? They're that trying to soft, they're trying to do soft, stuff for like soft. everybody, and they're they're Trend. doing too much like fan service, and like yeah. not enough like There's... actual substantive like driving like shit behind it. Yeah, and then there's and then he said there's a couple guys who have edge, but not a lot. On that point, I agree with. The Wait, fact which with... point? Oh, the point... points. you name like yeah, he named like ten points, and then you're like, Sorry. I agree on that point. Yeah. <laughs> Him saying that they're soft because not a lot of them have enough edge. They're not. They're. Him saying today's product is soft. I interpret that mainly to be the storylines and the characters of WWE. I don't. I interpret it as the the locker room dynamics is really soft. That's what I interpreted it as. Where it's oh, like there's not like sick. enough hunger in the back because everybody's just like into doing different shit to like please everybody and just please their fans and the fans are like Fair. oh he's great so they're like yeah. all right i'm great like it's fine and we're all playing our part like that's what i interpreted it as but it also might be like what's playing out on the screen of like well i think i think those two are directly related because a lot of what i see on the right. screen a, lo- a lot of what i see on the screen of let's go with the typical wwe babyface of today is a great wrestler who's just happy to be in wwe they're in WWE to entertain the fans, and they're here to wrestle and put on great matches, but there isn't enough hunger to be the WWE champion, to be the top guy. There's not enough baby faces on the program, in my opinion, that have that want or that need to be the top guy. While a lot of, and even with heels, they, they mention that. They mention that they have that hunger or, or need to be the best. They say they're the best but they're just thrown into kind of pointless storylines with these baby faces who are just there to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's where I believe it's soft. There's not enough characters who are there to be the number one. And that's where I believe it could relate to that backstage mentality of maybe, and I, I can't speak on this, but maybe there is enough guys who are fighting to be champion, who are, who are fighting to move up in the card and who are fighting with their fucking lives to be the face of the WWE and yeah. are just happy to be in WWE. And unfortunately, I'm going to use this example because it's an example I, I just thought of, but a Shinsuke Nakamura right now, great in the ring, great character work. And, and when he's in his character does seem like a person who wants to be the face and wants to be that guy. But from what I've heard about his attitude for the past couple of years as his, this is his money run. This is the run he's using to make big money. He's from done his, Yeah. He's done his art in Japan and now in like in this time he's like he's literally in WWE because he can be in Florida and surf like yeah. where, because right. Florida has waves right. that Japan doesn't have so he's like fuck it I'll just be in America and like I like if I'm at the top I'm at the top but if I'm not I'm not going to lose sleep over it cuz I can just surf right yeah and, and and that's where I believe Again, I can't necessarily speak on that. I don't know the locker room dynamic. That's why I only spoke on what I see on TV. But that's where I 
can believe that it does relate over because there probably isn't a lot of guys who are there to fight to be number one, with exception to NXT. When I'm watching NXT, I can see that carried out onto TV of everybody just fighting for their spot. But the thing is also, I think there's a misconception, and there's been a misconception about Shinsuke Nakamura since he made the jump to America. Shinsuke isn't this dream match machine that everybody made him out to be. Because that's not that's what he is. Like, yeah. he's like a fucking rock star. He's a personality. He's charismatic as fuck. One thing is, though, not saying he's lazy, but he doesn't necessarily always try. And that's <laughs> yeah. always been the case. Even in Japan, he didn't always try. He would try yeah. when it mattered and when it was like go time. And, like, this is good. Like, he reminds me a lot of, like, how Orton is, where yeah, where it's like, if he's into it, you're getting fireworks. If he's not into it, it'll be, like, okay. Like, it, it's still reliably, like, good, safe, won't cause any issues, not going to stink out the joint. But, like, he has to be invested into it to be like, all right, I'm going to go and fucking do this and kill it. Right? Right. And I just feel like, Especially, and this is my this is my argument when it comes to this Undertaker post, is that there's things that like like we were saying. I do agree with certain things that he says in here. I do agree with the fact of um, like yeah, the the fan service and like fans yeah. say that I'm good, so I'm good, and like yeah. also because the idea is that especially. Again, going back, circling back to this this whole pe- people getting patted on the back for like doing like fundamental things, right? In this yeah. age of of social media, it, Ric Flair said it best on the Broken Skull session. Ric Flair said, "He's like the thing about today's day and age in wrestling is that everybody's good. There is no yeah. issue there. Everybody is good, but like." Not everyone's great. The fact that we keep saying that everything is great and everyone is great is bullshit yeah. because not everyone's great. There's people that are 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 good. You almost have to be good to make it now. Like you can't not know how to work the way that it was like back in the 80s and 90s where it's like you can be kind of a shitty worker and you'll you'll get through because you have a good look, you have a big strength, you can talk well or whatever. But in the ring now, everybody's good. Everybody's athletic. Everybody's the most athletic roster in the history of the world. But not everyone's great because it takes a certain level of, like, nuance and artistry to really understand that you are – it's performance art what you're doing. You need to have the art form behind the wrestling. Like – yeah. Like, there needs to be the story behind it. Why are you fighting this way? Why are you doing this? And I think we talked about this uh, before, maybe on the podcast, but a big issue with this day and age in wrestling is that, like, it feels like everybody is just, like, the biggest fans of wrestling, and, like, that's it. Like, everyone's yes. such a fan of wrestling that they're missing, like, the grander point of wrestling. Like, they're missing the idea that, like, because I feel like all the people that are, like, the biggest fans don't really think that deeply into it, so they just see certain things that, like, 
this is great. Like the high spots in a match are great. The like speedy, fast, whatever thing is great. But like what really makes it great is like the art form behind like the moves and what's happening. Look at the Roman Reigns matches in general over the last while where it's like they're not actually doing that many moves, but they're always consistently brilliant because of the art behind it. And I think that that's something that people like start to understand the longer that they're there. But if you could just start there, your blast off point to be great is so like, like off in the distance, right? Like there's no ceiling for you, but, uh, but also this is where I disagree with Taker though. I don't blame the wrestlers for, no, for any of the shit writing that is WWE. (laughs) I don't blame them because WWE is not giving anybody any definable characteristics first off, except for like a handful of people. And then on top of that, you are not writing stories. You're writing. No, you're not writing stories. I would say they're more so writing like root maps more than they're writing like stories where they're like, we have to get from point A to point B. Point A is pay-per-view one point B is pay-per-view two. This is the match that's going to be on here. We just need that match to like slightly make sense. So like, what can we think of in this like one day? They don't have any foresight into what they're writing. They're just writing no. as the weeks go on. They're tearing up scripts every fucking week. That's not the rest. Like, it'd be different if wrestlers had creative freedom over their storylines. I would put the yeah. onus on them then. But they yeah. are just becoming like Jericho said it himself and Ambrose said it. It's like the creative process sucks because the wrestlers are removed from the creative side. So they're just like glorified actors and glorified stunt doubles because they have no say in where they're going or what they're doing. Yeah. That's not that's not their fault. Yeah. No, not at all. You've created this corporate machine in this corporate bubble that like you can't do anything without passing it through this chain of command, but it's impossible to find the top of the chain of command because everybody has issues with the chain of command. It, right. it yeah, it, it it's bullshit there because the thing is that like Stone Cold, Rock, Triple H, Shawn, even going to a Cena, right? Even going yeah. to, like, I'm assuming right now, Roman Reigns and Heyman, it's very yeah. clear that they have certain privileges to, like, do what they want to do, like, yeah. like now, and, like, that's what they're doing. They have that privilege that I don't feel like everybody has, clearly. Goldberg is another one. Mm, uh, less so because Goldberg's <laughs> not around. That's why I'm not using him as the example. But I'm That's saying, fair. like, in their heyday, <clears throat> Stone Cold didn't have a, a full page to memorize. He had bullet no. points. because the And this is not, like, speculation. The, the scripts have come out from those days and from these days. And, like, the difference in how it's written is that nowadays promos are, like, written, written. All the way yeah. top to bottom. But back in the day, yeah. they'd give you bullet points. And you like go out there and you either sink or swim. And that's where you get real personalities coming out like uh, Austin, like The Rock, like Shawn Michaels, because they create the world around themselves. Because we were just talking about this because Dixon and I, we do this universe mode thing, which I think we've explained in a way before podcast. But we were talking about how hard it is to write for people like Stone Cold and The Rock and like CM Punk because they don't 
Like, it, the things that they say isn't what's good. It's the way no. that they're saying those things that is, like, so gripping and captivating. Writing oh, for yeah. them does not work. So no. that's, like, the issue. But if you're going to write out everything everyone's saying, then why would you blame it on the wrestlers? No, it's you. The <laughs> fact that, like, matches are being written by, like... And I know there are producers that are doing great things, but producers are making your matches. Why aren't the guys making their matches together? Yeah. Like, like again, like, again, like Tyson Kidd is a producer. Now he's doing great things. He made a great women's rumble the other night. Yeah. But, like, why aren't the wrestlers themselves making their matches? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make let's, sense to me. Let's look at some of the best work that's been going on in WWE today on SmackDown. And it's not just Roman, but it's whatever program Brian's in. Because Brian has creative control over whatever he's doing. He has a spot on the writer's team for SmackDown, and he's producing a lot of his own matches. And that's why his match, whenever he's in a match on SmackDown, it's the best match of the week. It's genuinely, like, great, like, almost every time, yeah. Because he's doing it himself. He knows who he is, and he's working with the other wrestler in the match to create this match. They could create a great story. And, 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 yeah... So that's that's the problem. It's not on the wrestlers themselves. It's on management not trusting not trusting the wrestlers 100%. to be wrestlers and to and to be more than just like the people taking the bumps. Like there's yeah. so much more. But also, I feel like a big issue that's happened within the WWE is the acknowledgement. Basically, I would call it the acknowledgement of the fourth wall. That yeah has really happened, I would say, since, like, the early... No, I would say, like, late 90s, Attitude Era. What happened is, WWE, the way that we look at WWE, if we're looking at the 80s and and the early 90s, is that WWE was basically like a village. And in this village... It's possible for anything like it's like Shrek. We were talking about Shrek last time where (laughs) any character can come into this and it makes sense. That's wrestling in in those times where it's like everybody was a wrestler, but it was like wrestling was their side gig because like they were like a butcher by trade or they were a garbage man or a fucking clown or an undertaker. Like they have these like jobs and then they come and wrestle. Right. It was a village for that, right? But at a point, they ripped back this curtain of, like, there is an establishment. There is an authority. This authority dictates, like, the brass rings. And, like, people are working their way to climb up this corporate ladder to, like, reach these, like, brass rings and be at the top of a company, not just to, like, be a character. And it worked during the Attitude Era because it was new, it was fresh, it was great. But afterwards, it takes a hit because now there's no village anymore. But you don't break. But you don't break the fourth wall, and you do. You break the fourth wall, but then nothing's happening in the midweek. Like, like it's. Just, but yeah. we're still going Monday to Monday to Monday, and nothing's happening in between. But we're acknowledging that it's like almost ran like a UFC, where it's like you're looking at a divisional system. And, like, you're climbing the power ranking of success until you're a number one contender. And, like, you know what I mean? And that's why, like, you look at someone like The Fiend, and The Fiend would more so fit in that village 
mentality yeah. of WWE, but putting the fiend in your corporate ladder, like acknowledgement of real life show doesn't, oh, doesn't make work. sense. It doesn't no. work. That'd be like the fiend going into the UFC and like trying to like <laughs> climb the lightweight division. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like yeah. what, what, what? Like it doesn't make sense. That so like he in like it's it's evident that WWE has no clue what to do with this character because they haven't done characters in a really long time. Like yeah, like outside of of him, what is really like the last like gimmick gimmick before Lord the fiend? Tensai. Maybe, yeah, you can, you can. No, view it even as then, like but that. even then, that was just Albert came back from Japan, and now he's back in WWE. Uh, he's still a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, same thing goes for like the Funkadactyl. He wasn't a dinosaur. He was just a dancing guy. Yeah, he was just. I'm literally thinking back. It might be Santino Morella. Honestly, it might go back that far, where it's like Santino. Yeah playing like this Italian like comedic like whatever is like the last right. inception of a gimmick and that's 2007 yeah. <laughs> so that's a long <laughs> fucking time yeah like Jeez. yeah because everything is just like there's we are acknowledging that there is a managerial body overseeing like the matches and like it's not just this village anymore right right it'd be like if if in Shrek like tomorrow they were to fucking like have a hierarchy of like, you know, to like get to Shrek status, you have to like climb this level of success to get there. And like everybody's acknowledging like that there are characters in a show and that they're like just trying to be the best character they can be. And then you just yeah. remove all character from everybody. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. So, yeah. But yeah, like. <sighs> I agree that the product is softer because of the lack of character and the lack of, I want to say edgy storylines. I'm not saying like storylines like that break the bounds of what you can do on TV, like what the Attitude Era was. Stories but, don't uh, need to be edgy to be good. No, like, no, look of at the not. Like, is the Gargano Champa story really edgy? No. No. It's a very basic, like, premise of, like, yeah. tag team, they're united, bonded as brothers, and one of yeah. them, like, feels slighted by the other, and he turns on him, and now he's a bastard. And, like, they're yeah. fighting off of the fact that, like, you know, why would you turn your back on me? I thought we were brothers. And that's where it starts, right. and it just evolves from there. That's not an edgy yeah. story, but it's still the best story, maybe, of the decade. It's up there. Yeah. Probably. Probably of the last decade. That, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. That's... That's you don't need edginess. You just you need honestly, you just need a good story and, and characters. You need characters with definable qualities. Exactly. Like yeah. characters that don't blend into each other. Yeah. And once you have that, then you can then there's reasons as to why characters are fighting. There's reasons to why they're wrestling each other instead of just the basic purpose that they're wrestlers. Yeah. It's what they do. It's like but there should be an actual reason. I'm not completely against throwing in like a 20 minute match, 15 to 20 minute match on a raw of just two great in ring wrestlers going at it just to show what they can do in the ring. But that can't be your, that can't be your whole show. No, that can't be your whole show. Mm -hmm. That can't be your whole show 
that can't be the stories that, oh, we're just, we're great wrestlers. We like wrestling. It's like, at least put something different in there, put some character into them. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's soft because not a lot of the characters on TV have fight in them because they're most, they're the, their only defining trait is the fact that they're wrestlers. Craig, how do you, how do you feel though about like what we're saying here? And like, how would you like define in terms of like character work and like a great overall roster, right? Like how does what's happening right now, like increase in level? Like if you're looking at it from a storybook perspective, well, I think obviously I don't know like shit about wrestling yeah. history, so I'm drawing from very recent stuff. Mm-hmm. But I look at things like the Fiend and like what's going on with Roman, and those are like the only storylines I really see. And everyone else is just kind of going feud to feud and like, oh, if I'm not in a feud, I guess I'll just hang out mm-hmm. <laughs> until yeah. I, until, I'm, until I'm written something to do. I'll just chill. I'll I'll sit in the corner of the ring during the rumble and not like try to make my own spots yeah. unless you're uh, Naomi or Riddle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Naomi and Riddle were like we're like I I will have a spot with you. Like let's do something. Yeah. And Bianca, with, like, everybody. And Bianca, yeah. And they're Bianca. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I still, I still don't know everybody's name. Yeah. But, no, but yeah. Naomi and Bianca were the two people doing everything doing, in the women's rumble. Doing everything. And then Rhea yeah. got like a bunch of eliminations. Rhea as well. Yeah. 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 But these are like the people out here trying to like push. I can tell. Yeah. They're like, let let's do shit. Everyone else is very content to just wait for their moment. They don't want to go and like get their moment anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that I shows think heavily. Sorry to cut you off. I think that shows no. heavily with yeah. Riddle and just mm. everything he's done when he's not – whatever he said outside of TV, calling out Brock every chance he gets, calling out Goldberg every chance he gets. Like doing shit like that shows that he wants to do more in this business. He he holds a very high opinion of himself to the fact that he can have a killer – that he thinks – he can have a killer match with Brock and hopefully one day retire Brock. But the fact that he's putting out challenges like this and the fact that he's doing whatever he can to get his name out there and to get people talking shows he wants more. And I, mean, I also feel to- I also feel like it's necessary as like anything, not just a wrestler, but we're using the example of wrestling. You need to have a bit of an ego on you to like oh, yeah. make it work. Because you need to buy into what you are and what you believe you are, right? Like, you look at, like, the all-time greats. All of them can play down and play humble and whatever. But there was a time when they were in stride that they were like, nobody's fucking touching me on this roster. Yeah. You need that. You need that, right? Like, you need that. That is necessary. Because if you don't believe that yourself, it's like, why are you there? If you don't yeah. really believe, like, you can be the best. But I think right? you look at the way uh, the wrestling world has, I guess, reacted to Riddle going out and trying to make his own opportunities. From what I've heard, it sounds like they're all putting him down. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's very, like, why are you doing this? Just, like, sit and wait. So I guess it is the wrestling culture to just wait until Vince picks you to be a star and, like, don't yeah. don't don't try to make yeah. your own story. Don't try to start your own feud. 
when Vince says it's your time, it's your time. It's been said that WWE like breeds an air of of complacency amongst wrestlers because yeah. they feel like they're, it's just like autopilot. Like they are not in control of any aspect of what they're doing yeah. unless like you are one of the top select few, right? That's why it's yeah. like Cena would have heavy involvement over what he's doing. Roman would have heavily, heavy involvement over what he's doing. Everyone else, though, yeah, it's just like whatever we say oh. you are doing, that's pretty much where you're going. You're Hope you can AD get on TV and impress Vince so he can put you on TV more. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that is an aspect of it, but it, it, you can't just be reliant on hopefully I get on TV. You have to have, if you're not being put on TV, make sure they're noticing you outside of TV. But again, it's wrestling culture that if you get over by yourself, then Vince won't like that because he didn't do it for you, apparently. You know what else? You know what I'll say? Oh, sorry. I said, God forbid you make any money doing it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, honestly. (laughs) This is what I think is the, the mistake that or the misstep that WWE is making right now to me is that they need to find the balance of booking long-term stories, right? Which they're not doing except for a couple things. But the reason that I say the balance is because you need to be able to book long-term stories while also being reactive to what your audience is responding to. Because they will every year, they have like a main event in mind for WrestleMania and that's their one long-term story but it's more so like it's not a long-term because they're not nuanced like placing pieces (laughs) of this puzzle together to like weave it into this mega main event of mania it's just like they know ahead of time like this is our main event for wrestlemania so this champion we're going to make sure he's champion by wrestlemania so we can have this challenger right but if it's not working with your audience and your audience isn't like into it you need to be reactive to like, okay, well, what is it that they do want? Because our story, like, how can we make our story meet their demand by the time yeah. we hit the biggest show of the year, right? Yeah. I think booking around Mania every year should be the way that you do it. You work yeah. for your season finale, right? Which would be yeah. Mania. Like, work for that. So, like, you, everything you're doing... Throughout the year, you have an idea of like a year from now, this is where I want to be and work for that. But listen to like how audience opinion changes, because as we know, wrestling fans are incredibly fickle and they don't know what they want. Right. A lot of them just don't know what they want. They want everybody basically to be a bad guy because they have some edge to them. That's basically what they want. But it doesn't yeah, work yeah. that way. You need you need good guys for your bad guys. You need bad guys for your good guys. But you also need a clear vision of like, I, w- I wouldn't even say like do matches if, it, if it's detrimental to you to do that, which I don't think it would be. But if it is, have it in your mind of like, where do I want to see this superstar in 12 months time? Where on the card would I like to see Ricochet progress to in the next 12 months? <laughs> Or where would I like to see Seth Rollins progress to in 12 months? Or Naomi or whoever, right? Have an idea of like, I kind of want to get them to this level so that they can be more in competition with things. 
because wrestling is a cycle, right? Yeah. Because it's a it's a never ending like play. It's every week through eternity. It never stops, right? So yeah. it's just a cycle. So it's true. Sometimes not and again, not everyone can be at the top of the card. That's completely fine. But you kind of have to have an idea of like what do I want the landscape to look like a year from now? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they don't let the wrestlers kind of write their own stuff because they fear everyone will try to make themselves like the main event or that was yeah. the issue behind WCW. WCW literally shut down because everyone had their own agendas. And it's like, yeah. it's not a bad thing to have one person at the top of your company calling the shots. That is not an issue. No. What is an yeah. issue is being so needlessly argumentative with your own consumer base. <laughs> There's no yeah. reason for it. That's the issue. And here, here, here's my thing. I'll, I'll go away from WWE for a little second and move on to a problem I see with AEW. I'll bring it back to a quote that Moxley said on the Jericho, Jericho. podcast of AEW isn't a, a corporation or anything. It's more of a show for the boys by the boys where everybody's doing kind of what they want, how they want, whenever they're on TV. But my issue with that is – I guess Cody would be at that top, the top of creative control there, Probably, being the executive yeah. vice president, right? Where I feel with, I don't think Cody has a direction for AEW. I think he has a direction for the storyline he's involved in. He wants everybody who's working to see what they want their character to be, which is why we don't see a lot of feuds go past a month or go past a pay-per-view or why once a feud's over, those two just kind of forget, forget. about each other. Because yeah. I feel he doesn't have this overarching creative vision. And I don't want to say he's visionless, but he doesn't have this overarching creative vision for what this year of AEW is going to be. And the thing is that they, the, my issue with that is that they said they did. Yeah. <laughs> they literally were like, oh, we're like, remember when they started, they were like, oh, we're putting in things in place now that will get, like, blown off, like, a year from now. And yeah. none of it ever happened. Like, nothing no. nothing happened. Because, again, if everybody's running their own shots, right, which I don't think they are, because I think Tony Khan is still the decision maker. Yeah. But it's an issue when your stories are being, because, again, Creating, I think the biggest benefit to any wrestling show is creating the village mentality of this show, right? Yeah. The best company on the planet that does this is New Japan Pro Wrestling. They fucking kill it with this because they are working in a division system, right? Yeah. All of their things are divisions, right? You have like your your uh uh you know junior your your junior division, your heavyweight division. You got your open weight division. You got your never weight division, the tag division, the women's division. You got a whole bunch of different things going on around New Japan, right? Yeah. But everybody within the division has like this idea that like we all have a dynamic with each other unless we've never seen each other before. Yeah. Everybody has some form of dynamic because that's how New Japan builds their matches. They build their matches over subtle callbacks that like you would have to be really paying attention to be like oh my god that does tie in because of this like that's things that are there 
Like, uh, I think it was uh, what match was it? Was it, I think it was Omega, Omega and uh, Okada, or was it Okada Tanahashi? I can't remember. But there was this one match where, uh, like at the end of the match. Okada's finish was like the Rainmaker, and whoever he was right. fighting with was holding onto like Okada's wrist, like yeah. just like holding onto his wrist, and that was like a callback to like three years earlier where they had like this interaction where like he was walking away and like someone like grabbed his wrist and like like to like like get him back, like yeah. and like it culminated all the way three years later to this moment in the match, like that's <laughs> the dynamics at play in Japan, which is great. Yeah. But in the Western world, maybe it's because they like Western audiences have the attention span of a fucking, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 an asshole. I don't know. They got very small, short attention spans. <laughs> so they, they feel like, you know, we don't got to do this kind of stuff because it'll go on deaf ears or, yeah. you know, but it'd be nice <laughs> to like it would be nice. have a dynamic just- in your show. It just seems like Japanese storytelling has just like surpassed Western storytelling by a ridiculous margin. For sure. Like. And speaking of that, yes, that's right. Yeah, let's speaking move on. Speaking of We're done with Japanese wrestling. murdering fucking Americans in everything they do, yeah. let's talk about Attack on Titans. Absolutely insane IMDb ratings. Yeah. So, uh, I'm all caught up on, on, on Attack on Titan. I fucking love Attack on Titan. Sunday is the day of the week, even though it, it fills me with the most dread ever. Because every episode of Attack on Titan is just 23 minutes of stress, and I can't get enough. But uh, the, the Instagram page rap had like, put up a statistic being like, look at these like insane numbers for like attack of time so i went onto the page and i looked at it 79 <laughs> percent of attack on time episodes are rated at a nine or higher oh shit oh, wow <laughs> yeah yeah and i agree yeah attack on time is fucking incredible the lowest rated episode is a uh, an 8.4 is this the of the huh? season or of every episode of every episode wow that's crazy yeah Yeah. i think i saw like i don't know if you're getting to this but i think i saw like an article last week or a couple weeks ago and it said like attack on titan has joined breaking bad and having one of its episodes rated a 10 on imdb yeah like a solid 10 i believe attack on titan has as many 10s as game of thrones and breaking bad combined well yeah yeah, which is nuts. wait no, but but I thought it's either the I might same, be wrong the, because the same amount, I thought Ozzy Mandias for like ever has been the only solid yep. ten out of ten show in like television history. IMDb oh. rating it was that, and that's what I heard too. Attack on yeah. Titan has two. Attack on Titan has two tens, and I think, and that's what I saw. Attack on Titan joined it with like two back to back episodes from the season. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, Holy yeah, shit! Like, or one of right? For a twenty-three-minute-long episode, too, to be rated a perfect ten is Honestly. crazy. One of them's from last season, and one of them's from this season. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So Attack on Titan has two perfect. Oh, that would make sense. They it has more. It has more than Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones combined because they have a combined they have one. One each. Yeah. Yeah, they have a combined one because Game of Thrones doesn't have a ten. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Attack on Titan has two tens and five nine point nines. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Man. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Attack on Titan is amazing oh i love it so much and every season makes like prior seasons just like infinitely more better mm-hmm. i can't wait for my fucking rewatch of attack on titan oh, oh <laughs> god yeah but you want you want to know uh an arguably more insane stat than that showing just how much japan is kicking our asses what what's that demon slayer alone the manga mm-hmm. sold one million copies less than all of Western comics combined. What? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, it sold no. like 82 million copies on its own, and like American comics sold like 83. <laughs> oh Fucking hell, God. that's crazy. Yeah, and that's just one manga. Yeah. And yeah. it's the first manga. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's crazy. <laughs> her first like piece of work that she's like made yeah and it just blew up incredible i think the movie that came out last year made like a billion dollars or something oh wow during a pandemic (laughs) holy (laughs) no but yeah they just take like risks that we don't take like Mm -hmm. attack on titan as a premise is ridiculous and it's it's basically we start on like an island and we learn that a hundred years ago, like humanity was wiped out by the Titans, these giant, like humanoid, uncanny valley, like monsters that are super uncomfortable to look at. Yeah. And so humanity has like walled itself up inside, like staggering walls with like communities inside all of them. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, episode one, the, oh God. The the reason I remember I was talking to you, Yasin, I said there is no way that like a Tagantine fucks its finale. Yeah. Because I have complete faith in this author and it's all from episode one onwards. He has never he's never set up a plot point that goes unfinished. Mm-hmm. He had never he has never foreshadowed something that wasn't paid off. He has never done a plot twist where you can't trace it back and be like it is there. Mm-hmm. Like, I see it now. Oh, shit. Episode one, and he and he does all of this from the very beginning. He sets up a season-long uh, uh, hook, a, huh. a three-season-long hook, and a one-episode-long hook. All in, like, the first minutes of this show. And then he <laughs> pays them all off. And they're all, like, huge fucking moments. Holy shit. Yeah. So I, I'd recommend Attack on Titan to everyone. It's definitely going to go down. I was literally down. thinking, I was, like, in my in my head, I was, like, I, I'd probably go and watch Attack on Titan at some point. Like, Attack on Titan yeah. is worth the watch. They only have season one on Netflix, which is weird. weird. That's really weird. <laughs> Update your fucking series. <laughs> but, yeah, Attack on Titan is, ugh. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so fucking good, and it hurts me so much, so consistently. <laughs> yeah, because I um, heard I was I was looking on on uh uh, it was on Twitter, and yeah. uh, Tabby, shout out Tabby, 
He started okay. watching Attack on Titan like now, right? And he yeah. was talking about like how he does not like the first season very much, right? People say it drags a bit, yeah. But everybody in the comments, just... everybody in the comments though was like, it can drag and it can feel like what the fuck is going on? Nothing's going on. But trust, just watch through the second season. Everything matters. <laughs> Every everything matters. Yes. Yeah, there is no wasted space in this story. Yeah, so incredible. Yeah, yeah. Have nothing be wasted. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. They paid off in this last episode. They paid off this tiny where you're like oh like he grabbed his wrist and this is like a callback to like all years ago yeah a character's like final line was like a callback to this like little moment that character had in season one (laughs) and it just like breaks your heart because you're like it was such an insignificant moment but now it carries like such weight like weight yeah but yeah like that's the thing is that um Japan, I think, I don't know why, and I think, again, I think, like, Western audiences, because the way Western, like, you know, Western people are about as subtle as a fucking hammer to your fucking, the bridge of your nose. Like, that's, like, that's about as subtle as Western society gets, where it's, like, so over the top, in your face, like, look at this wrinkle, this nuance, but it's, like, you're really just giving us the whole story in one like thing here instead of like actually providing meaning behind these things we were talking about the uh the the i am iron man moment of yeah right <laughs> where it's like what does that even mean um, <laughs> why honestly, why would you ever that say moment, that in that is, moment <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah because like i'm inevitable back to, and to, i am iron man Yes, but what does that mean? (laughs) What does that even mean, though? I didn't do anything. I was literally not even on the page, and it, like, stopped picking up the fucking mic audio at a point in time. From yours? No, from both. What? Oh, so we've no. lost how long did we lose well, here? I, well, I didn't talk for a, an extended period there. Is that me? No, 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 no. No, we like like it stopped recording oh, a fuck. a chunk for like I'm so tired. 15 minutes. <laughs> 15, not bad in like a the, full, like the last 15. Not no no wait, sorry, I'm wrong. I can't do math. 248 <laughs> through 2 55 it's like six minutes that's That's not that's not terrible yeah but it's like we just we just missed the end of like attack on titan anyways but yeah okay if you didn't hear that go list go watch attack on titan it's really good apparently and i'm gonna go watch it pretty soon that's that's good i'd love to hear your your thoughts on it as you watch through yeah i will i will i will give those to you uh, but speaking of giving my thoughts on things, I'm going to jump straight into my album reviews. So yeah. um, this is going to be the first album review, uh, album mini review thingy of the year, because last week I just did the Olivia Rodrigo track. So mm. uh, with this one, 
I'm going to say something right now to set up the rest of the year. For these mini-reviews, I'm going to start just giving you the recommendation and the score. And if I want to elaborate on it, I will. But don't count on it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, speed it up. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving y'all, hammering home some, some nice, lovely albums for you people. So, uh, I'm going to start with uh, Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan. Really good R&B yeah. record. It's kind of an EP because it's 14 songs long in 33 minutes, but it's really good. It's uh, one of my favorite R&B uh, projects I've heard in a little bit. So uh, I'm going to give it uh, an 8.25 out of 10. Next, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Welfare Jazz by the Viagra Boys, uh, a really good alt <laughs> post-punk album. That's... Yeah weirdly really good because i'm not somebody that's really into punk music all that much but like the energy of this album is so like undeniable and it's fucking great i'm gonna give it an 8.5 out of 10 this is just a week of eights uh next uh, i'm gonna talk about finally the new arlo parks album came out collapsed in sunbeams yes and i really enjoyed it however i felt like I was hoping for more versatility out of Arlo Parks on this record because I feel like we got a lot of like the same tracks over the course of like 40 minutes, but they're all like r- enjoyable to their own degree. Like I don't have an issue with any of them really, uh, but I just was hoping for a bit more versatility, but I did still enjoy it. I'm going to give it a 7.25 to a 7.5 out of 10. And uh, finally, my album of uh the week i actually didn't it, this album didn't come out this week but it got recommended to me by uh a buddy of mine uh the old the old hunter mooney uh sent me this uh album oh, okay. it's it came out over christmas it's called brass by more mother and billy woods i don't know how i didn't see this album at all because i'm i really like both of these artists but it just went so under the radar. They didn't pr- promote it at all, really. But it's so good. Like, it's really good. I'm going to count it as, like, a 2021 release uh, by the time we get to, like, the end of the year with music. Because okay. it, 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 like, it coming out so late in the year came out December 24th, uh, 2020. You don't have enough time to consider it a 2020 release. So it's going to be a 2021 yeah. release. And it's really good. It's my favorite album of the week that I listened to. And uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5 to an 8.75 out of 10. Damn. I think I fucked that. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if you, if you want, go and give any of those albums a listen. They're all really good. There wasn't really any bad records that I heard this week, thankfully. Uh, and with that's always a good week. Yeah, and with that being said, is there anything uh uh to add you guys want to add? No. Um. Uh, no, Dixon, go on, add something. Do you have uh, a kind of review? Don't let society take away your creativity. Wow. Wow. Jesus Christ. That was profoundly deep from from a man named Dickskin. 
Uh, <laughs> Craig, anything to add? I was going to say something about telling Boulder stories, but he she said it basically. Ah. Don't let don't society take away your creativity. Yeah. Well, don't fair. be afraid to tell older, more unique, more daring stories. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So let's get into our socials. Uh, Dixkin, start it off. Start us off. Instagram is uh, at DixonTar509. It's spelt how it names. Um, Twitter is at DST509. And you can find me on Tinder and Bumble. And those are the only two I'm really interested in using right now. Uh, yeah. Tinder, swipe up. Bumble, swipe right. Or or hit hit that star. He's the guy with the uh, real leather jacket on. In, in, yes, in I am the guy with the yes. real leather jacket on Bumble. Uh yeah, that's that's all for me today. Do you you don't got a, a dating app review for us? No, not I'm I'm working on one, but not yet. Fair. Uh, You're still re- doing the research. He's still doing yeah. the he's in the research phase of one to give us an I accurate up, review. I don't want to end up with another okay Cupid, you know. So for sure, yeah, can I? For sure. Uh, give give us your three game uh, review of Spellbound or Spellbreak. That's what it's called. Oh. <laughs> Uh, really fun, really fun. Bat- Spellbreak is a battle royal game where instead of using guns, you use magic and you shoot fire at people and lightning bolts and air, like <laughs> raw earth elements and poison too. You can shoot poison at people. It's really fun. It's really, yeah. really interesting. And I can't wait to play more of it. It's going to be really awesome. Fair. I have okay, no yes. clue what just happened. I'm so confused. I don't know what happened there. I recommended him a game last night. Oh, okay. Some of it, yeah. Okay, there we go. It's, I'm understanding. Maybe it'll be our new Battle Royale game. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, that would be hopefully. lovely. That would be lovely. Um, Unfortunately, you can't chop down trees, though. So. Oh, well, but you what the fuck? But you can throw giant boulders from the sky. Yeah. But you can't chop down trees. That's so... Well, are there trees in the first place? Yeah. Oh, then, yeah, this is... But I, I don't think know. You can, like, I, I might be able to find other redeemable qualities in the game if I play yeah. it. Uh, Craig, hey. give me your social studies fact. Well, you know, all this talk of uh, anime and and being daring and not letting people kind of box you in made me think of... One of my one of my icons, and so my social study fact of the day is that JoJo author Hirohiki Araki has done not one but two collaborations with Gucci because he is such a fucking visionary who refused to let people tell him like what he should do with his art, and he made it his <laughs> own way. It's such like a bold artistic style that like Gucci reached out to him. I was like, Hey, like, please like lend us your artwork. And like, we'll like sponsor it. Like in our, in all of our stores worldwide. Oh, twice. wow. Yeah. Awesome. Bit of a fucking legend. This guy. I love yeah. What a ledge. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That is fucking nuts. That's a good, that's a good social studies fact. That's a really nice social studies fact. All the time yeah. we end up with fucking wars and genocides and natural disasters and deaths. Right? That's the world. Yeah, now we get, but now we get a nice one. I like that. I like yeah. that. that. That's that's my favorite fact you've brought uh, to the table. That wow. and uh, uh, the Admiral Yi one. For yeah. all, all that yeah. time back yonder. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. love that. Uh, and as for myself, uh, Instagram at Yasinelli, he, uh, YouTube, you can, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's doing stuff. Uh, if you want to find, we, we, I forgot to do this over like the last like 10 episodes, but if you want to find the first 30 episodes, go to the changing <laughs> formats podcast, uh, YouTube channel episodes one through 30 are all on that channel still. Uh, and there, there's some really good ones, which we may delve into in the next episode. Um, then, uh, listen to my music. I'm busy right now (laughs) juggling fucking all these priorities around because there's almost definitely new music coming out relatively soon. So just keep your eyes peeled there. Uh, and I have... A song dropping on Friday. Oh, word. <laughs> I guess I do. I said it. Did I hear that right? I, I said it. So it's it's okay. it's not it's not a song song. It's an instrumental, but it is something. So keep your eyes peeled for that instrumental coming to a streaming service near you. Those streaming services may include Apple Music, Spotify, Title, Deezer, Google Play Music, YouTube Music Now, uh, KK Media Net. Uh, uh, iHeartRadio, and other things that aren't, what was it, Bandcamp? Yeah. And and uh, LimeWire. It's not there. Maybe. It's everywhere Maybe. else. It, it's oh, everywhere. Lime no, it's definitely everywhere else. Uh, and with that being said, thank you all for listening. Uh, this is definitely episode 49 right now. And <laughs> yeah. uh, we will see you guys in the 50th episode of the changing formats podcast for fuck sake god damn and we may be we may be having a couple bevies in the next episode and we may get another legendary dixon drunk moment so with that being said thank you all for listening (laughs) and we will see you soon wigwam and pop